0: what is good whisper nation (laughs) hey that was a little ventriloquist act there for those of you Uh, listening you didn't see austin on screen when i popped vocally that was great uh but welcome in whisper nation welcome in austin welcome in johnny we've got brett johnson ronald in the chat we are pumped because we are first of all the draft happened and now we get to like go from hype I mean, it's still hypotheticals, but like even more firm hypotheticals now. These are tangible okay. hypotheticals. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't know if that's a oxymoron or not, but I'm pumped. I mean, we've been talking about it basically for the last week, right, guys? Like how pumped we are now that we know landing spots, we know what's going on. So today we've got a very special episode. I mean, it's a three-part, very special episode. There we're we're going to... We're going to mock draft basically the first round of a rookie draft, excluding quarterbacks. That's going to be a lot of fun. So if you are not subscribed to the channel, please do so. Make sure you got notifications on so you can continue to see us do that. But before then, we're going to go through winners and losers, both rookies and veterans from the draft after we've seen that. But even before that, Austin, we're going to start the show off with something very, very special Uh... in our Dynasty League. That's right. I want to give a little bit of background here, Austin. Maybe I'll pitch it to you to do that, you and Johnny here. But we have gone from a live draft with a, you know, typical clock of a minute to now a 24-hour slow clock in our in our dynasty draft. And if that wasn't exciting enough, you are going to make the number 1 overall selection right here on the air to kick off our show. Yeah, you we're going to launch our Dynasty Whispers draft. For our
1: actual, I guess it's not our League of Record, but it's pretty close on this side. It's one that we hold very our near to our yeah. heart. It's our Dynasty yeah. League of Record. It absolutely is. And I like how we have the name of it as the Dynasty Whispers. We launched that league right around the same time that the channel launched. So that's yeah. pretty darn cool. And the slow clock has been fun as hell. Whisper Nation, if you have never enjoyed a slow clock draft before, you get 24 hours to make a pick. So once you make a pick, then 24 hours resets. There's no rollover time. It's not like if four picks get made in the first day and you're drafting fifth, you get four days to make a pick. Just 24 hours from that spot, but a full day. And so a lot of trades end up happening. There's a lot of research that you might do that you wouldn't normally do, you know, in those later rounds trying to find a gem. And we haven't started the draft. I mean, the draft is technically started. I've got uh, a few hours left. To make the pick, but people have been starting to hit me up being like, yo, when are you going to make the pick? I'm like, tune into the show at 4 30 Pacific time.
0: Then you'll see. People getting antsy. That's yeah. right. And this wasn't actually a ri- originally your pick. I actually had the 101 initially. We made a trade for that. So it's already moved. And then we did the slow clock. And then you were like, last night when we started it off, you said, "Look, guys, there's not a pick going to be made tonight, okay? No. So it's it's not happening. So calm your horses." Yeah, <laughs> but uh, Austin's going to share the screen here, and we're going to get into it. Wow. Okay, so this is Look it. Big grabby at the top, but it's got the little Austin
1: R. Seer. That's me, and I'm on the clock, and. uh we're going to do anything weird? No okay. we're not. We're, we're going to take Hall. Oh, boom! There it is. Wow. Wow.
0: wow. Chalk in the first hey. pick.
1: Oh.
0: Wow. And now our guy Bert Zubu right. uh with 24 oh. hours on the Hold clock. Up.
2: So wait a second, first off, what Look. was the what was the trade between cuz you had the first overall happened. pick. So what it happened guys? What pick did
0: you or what did you get for the number 1 pick uh Travis? So I, I moved back to 1-7. Oh, I that got, was quick. Oh, number two just hit. number
2: two just came off the board while we were live. That didn't take very much. I mean, that wasn't surprising. That's another chalk pick that we expected here. Uh, oh, but but, oh, oh,
1: oh, it's, it's been it's done. Been, it's been done, and it's been done with a super chat function with gentlemen. You know Let's what that means. That we it with it a means. whisper. Woo! Hell Let's yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So now we've got two picks up on the clock. Kenneth Walker was selected, which means Chelsea Lee B is on the clock. She's got 23 hours, 59 minutes and 22 seconds as of the sentence
0: to make her selection. I wonder who she's going to take. We went from a almost a full clock um, to the quickest reaction to a clock possible. Yeah, he could. She's going to Chelsea's going to split the difference here. Chelsea's going to split the difference. I think she probably
1: will. She's she's in between a couple of different things, so it might not happen as quick as Zabo. But it also starts to get a little bit more interesting. You could argue now, and that's what we're going to later today be talking about, right, Travis? Yeah. This shoot up. We're not going to start the draft just yet, but we're going to do that first round. Yeah, we're going to
0: do that first full round because obviously with this twenty four hour clock, we couldn't just show you our dynasty first round because you might be here for six days or a <laughs> month. Who knows how long it would take? Uh, but we will get through it. We will figure that out. We appreciate you guys sticking with us during that. Din- that was an awesome way to kick off the show. But yeah, as Austin said, in a little bit, we're going to go through that full first full round and really dissect the landing spots, the outlooks, future of these rookies. And so we're excited. If you guys have your rankings with you, Whisper Nation, make sure you're dropping them in the chat as well. To you know, as we're going through it, we love that. But I want to start off with a little bit of news for your Arizona Cardinals uh austin johnny we've got cardinals pro bowler deandre hopkins suspended six games for violating the nfl's performance enhancing drug policy so obviously the trade for marquise brown looking a lot more critical at this point um Mm -hmm. johnny i guess i'm going to ask you here how much of the perceived cliff that we saw falling you know coming for, for deandre hopkins is valid i mean if the guy's doing PED stuff do you think that he has hit a kind of wall and is kind of fading a well, little bit this is what was
2: pretty funny uh about the whole thing is he like released this right like with his twitter and was like see you in week seven. First, he was like oh i've you know like i've never taken this he gets the the typical you know like never knowingly taken anything yeah. it was all my trainer and my and my dietitian's fault that's what he's i don't know claiming i guess but uh you know i don't know if he's necessarily like he was killing it when when he was playing like when he was in there he was doing really well well i shouldn't say doing really well he did fade back well he was like a lower end wide receiver one uh during the first half of last season so you know it's pretty funny i was uh, listening uh pat mcafee had cliff kingsbury on his on his show and Cliff, or he had asked Cliff uh, and uh, about this whole situation. Cliff said that it was in the works for weeks because they knew for a while now that DeAndre Hopkins was going to be out uh, or suspended. And so they needed another option. Uh, Cliff really liked the other receivers in this draft. He said, he li- like, the top six guys, he really liked all of them. But he knew that they weren't going to be able to get uh, any of them that they'd all be gone. So then uh, they started to work the deal. So here's what's interesting about that Hollywood Brown trade was that there were only four people that knew about the trade, and the Ravens went and they were like, "Yo, if this gets out, if there, if we are the only four that know this uh, is going down, if this gets out, we're nixing the deal. Like it, it won't happen." And so it like made sure that the Cardinals and everyone uh, kind of like stayed. Why would on. they have nixed the deal? because they didn't want they didn't want uh a bunch of info coming out they didn't they wanted to keep it under wraps it reminds uh, me of when
0: time. john lynch interviewed with the 49ers mm-hmm. uh-huh. and he basically told them like if you guys leak if i find out that it gets leaked that i interviewed with you guys then i won't be your gm and they kept it quiet and because they did he signed on so it sounds like they maybe w- wanted to make sure that they it was airtight that they could talk about it. i just want to know it seems like Austin, that Arizona knew about DeAndre Hopkins if they're going to trade for Marquise, maybe. I don't know. I I think you you asked about, I
1: I think that there's issues. I got concerns about DeAndre Hopkins. He has never missed time. He missed time last year and now he's taking performance enhancing drugs. I don't think you all of a sudden start missing time and then start taking illegal substances to alter your body unless your body is starting to change in a direction you don't want it to and They're having awesome. him he didn't know that was year. getting
0: into his yeah, body dude, he did yeah, he no. unknowingly took that well yeah, that's even was, more
1: concerning because then I he was so. taking he was taking performance enhancing drugs and he still got hurt and you know those things are really good <laughs> you for recovery need to take also. Drugs. his his body's and his body's breaking down then i'm concerned by it um it's just at that point he's got i'm i'm a little bit concerned to be honest we So Austin, seen a Johnny, right now,
0: Marquise Brown is going at the beginning of the eighth round via Fantasy Calculator AVP. Uh, There's a PPR 12-team league. Eighth round, I think that's kind of a steal. Obviously, that's going to go up with the six-game suspension as that trickles in. Where, What do you see as Marquise Brown's ceiling this year? I mean, with that shower narrative, he's got to be somebody that's like, you know. I see him breaking with- 1,200 yards, no problem. I think that that's well within his
1: wheelhouse, considering they had 1,400 yards together in college at Oklahoma. The lack of viable weapons surrounding Marquise Brown now, like we've liked a lot of these weapons, but we haven't loved them. A.J. Green is a fine fill-in, but if you've really got to rely on him, I'm getting a little concerned by that. Uh, we like Rondale Moore. He's he brings some excitement to the table. I just don't think he's going to get a lot of action. I think uh, Hollywood Brown is going to be leaned on a lot by this Cardinals offense, which I think should bode well, given the shower narrative, as you brought up already. And what I would say is it would not be unfair to call last year's season for Hollywood Brown a bit of a breakout year. He looked good. He showed some of that potential that you drafted started. In the yeah, yeah, he started off hot and you know, a couple of drops away from having even more yards on the season. And I I hope that he's worked a little bit on those. And if he did, I I think he's got a really good, solid wide receiver
0: one year ahead. Johnny, he's been that for Baltimore. And now Mm -hmm. with Hopkins out six games, I mean, he's not a guy that we smirk at, you know, getting 25% of the target market share. He did that in Baltimore, obviously different offense, you know, but you think that is within his wheelhouse, you know, too? like 25% of the, of the target market share in Arizona, or you think too many mouths?
2: Uh, I think that's definitely doable especially with Hopkins out in the first half of the the season Uh, they're going to need to use him in order to uh, I mean look at our division you still have you know quite even though Seattle could take a step back 49ers maybe you know but you still have the Rams they have a good defense things like that so I do still think that uh, you can get that ceiling there are a lot of weapons that will be used but this gives a little bit more stability i think of anything it gives more stability to uh to kyler right uh and knowing that now he's got another wide receiver that he can rely on outside of hopkins uh and then again they they re-signed Ertz as well so i do think that uh his adp will clearly come up i think you'll probably end up getting him you know, fourth or fifth round is probably where his, you know, ADP would probably settle. I don't know if I'd go any higher than that, just because then you're starting to get into like, all right, well, now you need that production to definitely last the whole entire year. Not saying it can't, but, you know, a big part of why he would be moving up so much is because Hopkins is out those, those six, seven games.
0: Ronald coming in. Brown would be a good value if everyone wasn't raising him because of this. Yeah, we'll see where he ends up settling in ADP-wise right now in the eighth round. All right, uh, moving on here, we have free agent running back. We just wanted to touch in on some of these notes uh, here. Free agent running back Melvin Gordon is finalizing a deal to return to Denver. Uh, Gordon had over 1,000 scrimmage yards in both seasons with Denver and now returns with Russell Wilson at QB. Austin, I'll I'll pitch it to you because in our Dynasty Whispers League, you have Javante Williams mm-hmm. and Javante Williams truthers were, you know, ecstatic at the thought of Melvin Gordon leaving. But now he will return. Right. And so where do we land on our Javante Williams outlook for 2022?
1: You know, Javante Williams still finished as a pretty decent RB2 at the end of the year. I think he was around like 18, 19, something like that. And we had predicted at the top of the year he'd be that. 1B, maybe two option behind Melvin Gordon with more work as the season progressed. Melvin Gordon ended up holding on to more snap shares and more opportunity than we expected him to do. But even still, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams both finished as RB2s. This offense, I believe, improves with Russell Wilson behind center, with Josh McDaniels getting involved. And I think Javante Williams is even better second year coming in and had a good rookie year. Melvin Gordon could even keep the same volume he had last year. And Javante Williams be at that same level he was last year, which was an RB two, but based sheerly on development, I think Javante Williams takes a bump up, then put in what I believe is an improved offense. He gets another bump up and that's with all things running back distribution, staying the same. So if, so he's going to be an RB two plus, I think is kind of his floor You know, barring something really strange, if Melvin Gordon gets a slight reduction in opportunity, which I do not think is an unfair thing to start to consider, given it's one year older for Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams gets even better his second year. I think that you might see Javante Williams as that 1A, Melvin Gordon as that 1B now flipping those roles. And if that happens, then he's pushing RB1 territory with a huge ceiling because of his play style. But you don't even need for that one A one B role to switch. They could be equals, even Melvin Gordon slightly ahead as he was last year, and you still got yourself an RB two.
0: Yeah, I'm with that, Johnny. Do you have any disagreements on the Denver backfield at all? I mean, uh... I mean, I think this definitely drops down
2: uh, how high we were taking Javante. I think you got to start. he's not going to the round one
0: anymore. Well, it's good, which could be nice, right? Like that's what we wanted anyways. Like he was getting a little expensive for a guy that we just saw like limited action out of. We liked him metrics wise, but
2: yeah. And, and honestly, Melvin could end up becoming a value just for the fact that sure, there's not very much upside. Maybe if Javante goes down, then that would create the upside that you're kind of, but most people probably aren't thinking about that and nor should you. Right. Uh, But Whereas like Melvin Gordon has a history of injuries. He is getting older. So you would be more, uh, you'd be more.
1: uh... I like the value pick on Melvin Gordon though. I think that's actually a clever take because he could be right in the mix. It could be an equal opportunity distribution. Melvin Gordon was really good last year. We're saying he's getting older. That's going to decrease his uh, his ability, but it might Mm not, you know, he might've trained really well and just get a couple lucky breaks. And Melvin Gordon is probably going to be available for you there. When you start to get close to double digit rounds.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of this as like kind of like a like a shades of Green Bay. Obviously, Nathaniel Hackett coming in. You know, you're going to see the Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, kind of Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams kind of thing going on. Another backfield is the Atlanta Falcons, who basically told us everything we need to know about their backfield by drafting Tyler Algier and you know obviously re-signing Cordell Patterson, but cutting, releasing oh, Mike David, boy Jordan Schultz uh, reports this. So I guess my question is, yeah, we we talked about Tyler Algier uh, as a guy that like in late rounds of your dynasty, maybe you look at. But I'm actually warming again on CPAT. Like, I just think that this is a guy that they continue to show us that they have confidence in. They bring him back. He's a focal point of the offense. So I know we've, you know, people don't want to hear it because they think he did too much on too little last year. But even down the stretch last year where he cooled off, he had the injury. He was still, you know, very good uh, RB 15 range, I think, through the last half of last year. So I, I really am in on, on CPAT as, as a dynamic player here. I wanted to ask Austin, Johnny, really quickly, if you if you agree with CPAT kind of rising with you after the draft.
1: Rising up. He doesn't drop. Not, not quite that range. much. I'm so, I, like so many things worked out perfectly for Cordero Patterson to hit in the way that he did. I think Matt Ryan has a lot to do with that as well, who's no longer with the Falcons, and him being removed doesn't completely remove Patterson from my thinking, but it does have an impact. Um, I, I like that he still stays in that role, and a lot of the pieces calling the shots are the same in Atlanta, but Matt Ryan's vacation does give me a little bit of concern, and so many weird things had to work out for Patterson to be the beast that he was. It's It, it could happen again. It's tough to bank on it.
0: All right, our final piece of news here is Ron Rivera likened the potential of the one-two punch of Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson to Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams, the pairing that he used in Carolina. That's his hope. This is from Grant Paulson on Twitter. So Austin, we talked about this on Monday a little bit with Antonio Gibson and how, you know, it just maybe he (laughs) hasn't turned into, because this is funny, Ron Rivera has called Gibson now CMC, and now he's backtracked that and said, oh, he's kind of like the one two punch I used before with obviously uh, D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. So awesome. And then after, think-
1: but at, hey, after D'Angelo Williams was gone, the one two punch kind of continued with Jonathan Stewart and Christian McCaffrey, right? Yeah, like it was year, yeah. there, still yeah. there for a year before Christian McCaffrey ended up taking the rollover after North Turner. Yeah, right, so JD McKissick
0: is Christian McCaffrey, right?
1: Look, I I think that Antonio Gibson is a really good running back. I think Mm. he's primed to have a massive breakout here. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If you have an opportunity to remove touches, to remove stress, to remove uh, expending energy from one of your star players, and you can get the similar levels of production elsewhere, do it decrease the chances of that guy getting hurt. You know, I like to rock climb. And one of the principles is in rock climbing is expel the least amount of energy possible. Like it doesn't matter if you can grab the next piece and like do something crazy to get it up there. You're not you don't get style points. You know, it's like you got to be able to keep it going. You got to be able to keep climbing. 17 games is a lot of games. You know, 300 touches is a lot of touches. So if you can get the same level of production out of your backfield as a whole, while distributing that workload amongst several different players, do it, do it. It's just, can you get the same level of efficiency? And we don't know yet. It's a rookie coming in. Um, so we'll have to see. They've tried to do this in multiple years now. But again, if you if you don't, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And that might be what Ron Rivera is doing. Johnny and I have been talking a little bit about this as Antonio Gibson's been on the trade block between him and I for a couple of days now.
0: So less is more is what Austin saying. And you think maybe more efficiency out of our guy if they if they take a little bit more off his play here?
1: I, I mean, yeah, I still like Antonio Gibson a lot, but he might not be getting 22, 23, 24 touches the same way he was at the end of last season. Right. That makes sense mm-hmm. to
2: me. All I, right. I I mean I just think Ron Rivera does this often. Like I and this is what I sent uh, Austin when he kind of had messed up. I just think it's it just smoke because literally last year he was saying when they drafted Jarrett Patterson he quote unquote called him pretty special, uh a guy and that we are excited for his role. Uh and they didn't end up using. He got like 10 carries all year. So I know we uh, talked about Jared Patterson's
1: BMI yeah, and how it, he was so
2: solid, but like He was. He is.
1: He He is That's pretty solid. Pretty special. I'm not not buying it.
0: I'm not buying it. All right. I mean, Brian Robinson came from Alabama. Where did Patterson? his Patterson? What was his? He was third round. Patterson was undrafted. 5'6", 195. And we're talking about Brian Robinson, 6'2", 224, drafted on the third day of the NFL draft. Yes. With a speed score in the 85th percentile. So for me – a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more fire where this smoke is, Johnny. Okay. In my opinion, because Brian Robinson actually has some, has some, you know, juice to him
2: how you didn't even know who this cat was until you literally just looked him up and you're and like his opinion oh opinion changing a he's the new information like, please, please no, don't no, please no, don't please don't
0: disrespect me like that hold on no changing
1: like, the hold, information. On, hold on you're trying to say off. that you would acquire hold all this, on, new information. I know who Brian I know. Robinson
0: is dude First you're not the only guy who knows who Brian Robinson is. okay
2: i didn't say i was the only guy that knew who Brian but you said i didn't know who second of all i was not saying that patterson and this guy are the exact same what i was saying is that we have a history, and you even brought it up in the beginning when you said, Oh, this is the same guy who's saying that CMC or that Gibson is CMC. We obviously, if you keep saying that these players are the X, Y, and Z and they're not actually panning out to be that way. Well, guess what? If it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, o facto,
0: connect the damn dot. So it does <laughs> so it. Wait, wait, Brian Wills. I, I want to it's be like clear. a big want ass to, duck. I wanna I wanna Yeah, Ryan that's Robinson. exactly what he is. But because guess I want what? To be clear. I want to be clear. Yes. Your argument be very is because clear. Brian Robinson or because uh, Ryan or Ron Rivera has said that Antonio Gibson is CMC and it hasn't panned out, we should believe that not believe in Brian Robinson this year? No, no. What I'm saying
2: is that just because he comes out and says, hey, I would compare these two to Stewart and Jonathan or, or and, and uh, uh, DMC, right, or – I'm going to compare this player to CMC or I'm going to say that this kid that I just drafted was pretty special or I just drafted this last cat and now I'm calling him a one-two punch. None of that has ever panned out to what he was saying. So, therefore, yes, now I am saying that are we going to take this seriously? No. Do I
1: do I really think that they I are going Brian to Wilson, use them? Seriously. I think Brian Wilson's Rob, a Robinson Brian Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think Ryan Robinson's a good-looking running back. come on Big Boy, he's decent in between the tackles. He's got
0: an aggressive he is. play he's style. He's a big to boy.
2: Him. That's it. He's a big boy.
1: With a, he's a big pretty, boy with a, like
0: with a he four-five. Four, yeah, he runs a four-five forty with 106 or, uh, a hundred and six burst. Who doesn't run a
2: four-five forty as a running back? Other than Spiller, maybe Jarrett Patterson. No, I think ja- yeah. I think he, oh, yeah. Yeah. he
0: actually ran faster.
2: Oh well, well, no. Yeah. Well, what are Jared Either Patterson? way,
0: My yeah. my point is is that I think they've wanted Gibson to be this guy and he can't do it. Hence why they went and got McKissick. Hence why last year he was graded as PFF's 50th best running back. Now again, we can talk about the shin. We can talk about that all we want, but it looks like to me Washington's like not confident in Gibson being the sole workhorse back and that's fine. You can hit me back with, "Well, nobody's a workhorse back." but that's what was so enticing about Gibson in the first place was that he was a converted wide receiver they were going to make and he, they sure. don't even give him passing game work so i'm just a little bit off on on Gibson and i want to be on him i love I, him i love I, Gibson i, I think I, Gibson's awesome
1: i just think that robinson could actually be a piece i think i think they might have wanted Jer- i was talking about this right to start off the show when you when it's if at first you fail, try, try again. And Jarrett Patterson was not the answer. It doesn't mean that they weren't looking for an answer. They were. No. It just wasn't him. So now they kept they, they went off and spent real draft capital on a running back. Why are you gonna go and spend legit draft capital on a piece you have no intention of using? All of his metrics look good. The role on the offense makes sense. This placement and Rivera's history, in not last year, but in previous years would lead you to not be completely shocked if it did get a 60 40 split moving forward this year
0: yeah and i and i just think again the what they've done in the offseason just does detriments to the the off like the idea that anyone i actually am not 100 percent with you austin that brian robinson could be a dude minus an injury to our guy gibson but even then mckissick would still eat into the passing game work they love mckissick i think this is just a a committee, and it's unfortunate, Uh, but that's where we're going with a lot of these. I say, what does that to freak stop? Yeah, he says, years. got in here just in time to see the cat claws come out. Fantasy football, Jerry <laughs> Springer, Austin, you are not the father. <laughs> Thank yeah, Jesus! Right? <laughs> Thank Jesus! That kid looked nothing like me. I tried to tell you the whole time. Well, if Austin wins at not being the father, we've got to talk about some other winners and losers from the 2022 NFL Draft. <laughs> so while you're playing, can I just say I'm just actually so happy Austin rocking the slanted eyes of James Franco today. I'm not
1: high at all right now. So this is like, it's just nice to know that like, sometimes I just might have slanted eyes. Sometimes you just
0: seem like you're happy and
1: high. Sometimes I might just be, sometimes
0: I am high, but I'm
1: not right now.
0: (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about some winners and losers. We're going to, I wish there was a better word for this, but we're going to talk some losers first, Johnny. I wanted to ask you to start us off here uh, with your rookie and veteran losers, but uh, first with your rookie loser.
2: All right. My, first rookie loser of the 2022 NFL season would be none other than where do I have it written down hold on I got to get up my notes James Cook the James <laughs> Cook that's right
0: which is an interesting uh, one well, because he's so hyped up in fantasy football twitter so yeah, yes. I, I'm I'm excited. It took you a while to get this into the show notes. It took you a while to spit it yes. out
2: there. And it did. So
0: explain what you you know, back it up here. What what do you got? What don't you like about James
2: Cook? Okay, so here's here's where all uh, here's my piece on it. Okay. It's not that I don't think he's not a talented running back, because I do think he is a talented running back. Do is the situation ideal? No, because they are going to he's going to an offense where Josh Allen runs the ball a lot. You've also got Singletary. I know that we expect and kind of presume because they did draft James Cook that, hey, this would mean that Zach Moss is out the old window. But what I'm reading and hearing is not so fast from uh, you know, our, you know, on Twitter. They're actually saying from from some beat reporters and saying that the, the Bills do want to be a little bit more balanced on offense as far as run and pass. However, they want to use a talk about a three headed uh, running back backfield. That's what they're indicating that this is going to be because they like the pass catching ability of Zach Moss. Apparently they think Singletary is a good running back still, and they like uh, James Cook. So it could get real headache here. You're going to have to hope for injuries. I will say. This could muddy the water enough, uh, where you know they all become you know later round picks, and so at that point it's like okay, then you take your stab at whatever one. I mean, Singletary even at this point was a tenth rounder, so it, it, it there's going to be one that you'll you'll want to try to grab somebody as a winning lotto ticket because if they end up emerging because they're the clear better running back, then you'll have a potential league winner there, but. I just think that where he's going, I don't. I think he is more talented than Zach Moss. I do think uh, he's fairly similar to Singletary as far as production-wise on what he could do on the field. I think they're both talented running backs, like metric-wise, and they'll both be used. But then you're going to be splitting a very minimal, uh, you know, timeshare of a, a position that they don't use very, very often.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a conflicting deal, Austin, with James Cook, because he's so dynamic when we look at the tape and we look at him as a pass catcher. But again, it's to Johnny's point, he's not like they don't use that role too much. We've heard them say they want to move to a more conservative approach, save Josh Allen. My one caveat here is Buffalo passes so much. Right. like So him being right. on the field all the time j- could just spell good news for him. But then there's – between that and then all these other targets that are in Buffalo as well. I hear. I want to throw out there in terms of the James Cook concern.
1: I get it, and it's fair, but we're also in a new era of the NFL where players like Austin Eckler, players like Alvin Kamara, guys who are not Aaron going to Jones. get 15 touches in a game are RB1s. And that looks to be the play style of a James Cook. And if he is that good, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of debate about how good he is, it seems like he's good enough to be an Austin Eckler, if you will. This might be the perfect situation for him to unleash his skill set because of what you mentioned there, Travis, of how often they throw. They might be looking to hit him. He's probably going to lead the running back room in targets and catches. And then he gets a handful of other touches on the ground. He might be able to do really impressive work with them because of how good this Bills offense is. I hear the opportunity concern on James Cook, but this might be the perfect situation for him to be ultra efficient, which is really, really good for fantasy, as we've seen with Austin Eckler or Alvin Kamara. Um, but the diff- like the difference with about those guys were was that, like,
2: Eckler, we weren't up until last year, and even when we said, hey, we have Eckler as a uh, top five running back, people thought we were crazy because he was not getting the touchdown production. That's what – the whole part maybe he does get you know 10 care eight carries i don't even know if they as secondary even got more than eight carries uh as a secondary running back last year let's say he gets eight carries a game let's say they give him eight uh reception a game which is would be really high i don't even think he gets that 15 total touches so, okay 15 total touches the bit okay even if he gets 15 total touches He's not a huge running back. They have bigger so running backs big running on, on. So he has very little touchdown upside. He's going to have to score from outside right. the 10. Outside the 20. Winning, so it's so limited. Like, you don't want to start a guy like that on Sundays. Like, oh, you're like what's the upside? Oh, maybe like a 1% chance he runs in and gets the <laughs> touchdown. Or give me a, you know, a bell or not even a bell cow, just a bulldozer like, uh, you know, Williams was last year who, oh, guess what? He might only get me 10, 12 touches or catches um, in that game, but I know he's getting the goal line at least, you know, he's getting at least two or three goal line attempts in this game.
1: We would need James Cook to be exceptionally shifty, not like good, like above the fold, the Mm -hmm. way that an Eckler or a Kamara was. And that's tough to bank on, right? Like banking on him being so good that he can actually juke defenses and make a run from the twenty. And but I'm not saying that he eventually
2: goes. can't be, right? Because they, it, it, eventually the team gets to a point where they can't deny the talent and they need him on the field. So this. that so <laughs> that's going, yeah. So that is- Well, I was thinking about Alvin Kamara,
0: right? Like I think our best case scenario is that James Cook becomes some sort of alvin kamara austin eckler if i remember correctly alvin kamara was a special teamer that in the preseason took a punt return yes. to the house and then remember that year they had adrian peterson and mark ingram and they just could not keep him off the field that they traded away ap and yeah, they, they moved is, they bench ap and ap got pissed said right i don't so i
2: don't, I, I, don't just I don't go and warm up the bench or for some rookie right.
0: that he needs to be a home run hitter that can't you know be put that can't be benched and i'm just looking at some metrics from the pff uh standpoint and he wasn't you know that great in missed tackles force 119th in the nation so and and Austin, you talked about watching him his, his film and saying like he's gonna get caught here like he you he's, know, he's he not- reminds
1: you of LaShawn mccoy in that he is really quick but i wouldn't say he's fast fish. yeah he's slippery. super slippery he's gonna juke you but in a straight up 100 yard sprint he, he's probably not gonna come in first and a 40-yard dash, uh, maybe. In a 100-yard sprint, though, no.
0: So in, in the theme of continuing to break our hearts, Austin, you're going to pick your rookie loser here. And I just yeah. feel like we're all just going to hurt each other's feelings by picking these rookie losers. So uh, you you picked Rashad White, Austin. Yeah, I did. Back. And it's, it's not it's, – it's, again,
1: Rashad White actually could be a great, great fantasy prospect, great fantasy producer, but – Rashad white now goes to a team that has Keyshawn Vaughn buried on the depth chart. Keyshawn Vaughn was another highly selected, highly touted prospect come into play for Tampa Bay. And he got buried, right? Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette were ahead of him. Leonard Fournette now is running the show, which you think, well, you know, this is better. There's less running backs involved to get in the way of, of Rashad white. But, Leonard Fournette is still there, and so is Keyshawn Vaughn. And this is still the same Bucks team. Now, yes, Bruce Arians is no longer calling the shots, who infamously does not like rookies, but it is still the Bucks organization. Bruce Arians still does have a hand in it. Leonard Fournette is there on a multi year deal. And I think that Keyshawn Vaughn, like if he, or it's not Keyshawn Vaughn, excuse me, Rashad White, if he hits his ceiling, well, he's now a great RB1 playing behind a good line. I don't even care if Tom Brady's gone. Like, this could be a great piece because he's so good at catching passes. This could, he could be a very, very productive running back in multiple, in multiple areas, parts of the field. But I just see an opportunity for him to get benched for multiple years as Keyshawn Vaughn did. And that's my only concern. I think it's more likely mm-hmm. that Keyshawn Vaughn is done, done, and Rashad White steps in as the number two behind Leonard Fournette. But I'm, I would have liked it more if he went to like Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. I, the only well, yeah, I would love have him to go to Atlanta. But
2: the only thing that I would push back on, like Keyshawn Vaughn, I I'm pretty sure even now, even though he's been in the NFL for two years and played with Tom Brady, I'm pretty sure he couldn't hold the jock strap of uh of White coming in. Um and like White. Uh, like we's very similar to how we talk about you know wide receivers coming out of ohio state i we look the same way about running backs coming out of georgia and so i just think that like but to your point right like he's a loser in the fact that initially at least for this year he's not going to get or shouldn't get the immediate playing time
1: over uncle lenny but uh he yeah. has one of the he might have the third highest ceiling of any running back outside of Walker and Hall, as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned, simply because of his play style. And he's probably going to be the pass catching back for the Bucks this year. I think he jumps Giovanni Bernard. And mm-hmm. then if anything happens to Leonard Fournette, you might have like a crazy good running back that plays behind Tom Brady. Highest ceiling. Oh,
0: so. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> Freak stopper it. asking yeah. if he's hung. Yeah. I have no idea, but uh, I'm sure you can figure okay. that out online. Just go to the right. Huge <laughs> jockstrap. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I, yeah, I mean, we'll get more Rashad White potentially uh, in the draft that we do here, the, the first round here. But I mean, there are some things to like, okay. obviously, the metrics and the comps. But then, of course, you know, after Brady's gone, if it's next year and he goes to some other team or if he retires, what happens then? And then. You're just kind of left wondering you know, the steam just dies, dude. It just disappears. <laughs> yeah. i the just earth the team
1: off. The um, I think it well, would be all right with Arians <laughs> in there. I think they'll figure out a, something else to do.
0: Well, that's Wait, the, the other thing I think that white has going for him is that BA is in the front office. Now drafted David, David Johnson, who has been a comp to Rashad white and he drafted yeah. Rashad white here. So there's some things to like there. There's some connections you can, you know, pull out of thin air. Um, My rookie loser here is Garrett Wilson. Look, um, I was not as on Garrett Wilson in the pre-draft process. Johnny actually helped me kind of look, take a deeper look into Garrett Wilson, love the comps, love the metrics, love what he was able to do at Ohio state, love that he went to Ohio state. You know, you could argue that maybe he's one of the better prospects in the draft. I just can't wrap my head around how this is a good thing that he went to the jets. I understand that, you know, the Jets are doing all the right moves to make themselves a better team. They're still the Jets, so I still have some trust issues, obviously. I mean, we just talked about the Jets a couple episodes ago just not being very good. Um, never beating the Eagles, right? Isn't that the stat? They've never beaten beat yeah. the Eagles. So Never. So that's why Garrett Wilson sucks. No, uh, otherwise I'm just, I'm just really not in on Garrett Wilson because the other Wilson, Zach Wilson looked like the NFL broke him last year. Looked like he could not get it done. And, we have Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, CJ Uzuma now, like there are other weapons on this offense, which normally is a good thing. It should elevate the rest of the team, but I just don't see a path to Garrett Wilson being as good as maybe his prospects are heading to a team like the jets right now, low volume um, and, and just a maybe a, maybe a bad quarterback. And then, so you say, Oh, well, maybe they'll move off of Zach Wilson. Well, if they do, then you run the gambit of another bad young quarterback so I just, I, I'm a little bit frustrated white, with, huh? Mike F and well, white. Yeah, exactly. That's where they need to go no, to. dude. They that resigned is, him. They, 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 we'll they did. 50, they did. We'll get 15 targets to Michael Carter or Brees Hall. So, or actually Brees Hall. So here's the thing. Uh, What's up, Corey? Zach, Zach
2: Wilson did produce last year for uh, Elijah Mitchell. So we Elijah know Moore. that he or Elijah Moore, sorry. Yeah. Uh so we do know that he can at least somewhat um and he's got a big cannon and they're really putting offensive weapons around him through but the does draft, he have a big
0: sock right? strap?
2: I mean huge ass. <laughs> You'd have to have, probably ask his mom because she's probably well, the only one that she's probably the only one that's seen it, dude. He's uh, she's true. probably the only He's one that's you. seen it, dude. <laughs> not talking about the conversation we were having yesterday <laughs> during the show notes, okay? But what I, I do think that uh, you're just talking about talent here talk about talent and and just what the jets would like to do this i think wilson just pairs so nicely with that yeah and just come on board dude just come on i do i
1: travis you are 100 right in how much trauma and concern the jets have brought from their entire organizational existence but you gotta look at what is actually happening right now and they're making good moves even if i agree wilson doesn't pan out even if he is the not the answer and in fact a problem at quarterback they are doing really nice things on the defensive side of the football and everywhere else on offense from the line to taking Brees hall to picking up Garrett mm. wilson to having elijah morris we liked him as the number one we yeah. love him as the number two michael carter jr we liked him as the number one running back we yeah. like i mean now is the is the the fill-in the number two like
0: yeah, but well, it was like hey, hey Travis, like, like you say, dude, I, I wish we could just mathematic church. I just wish we could mathematically equate it to like what we need Zach Wilson's step forward to be in order to support Elijah yeah. Moore, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson. No, and, he's not no. And, he's not and, we're, talking to, and we're talking and we're talking Brees Hall's like pass catching as well. Like that's a nice buttons, dude. No, hold on, Braxton Barrius. Yes. Bra- I mean, <laughs> oh, dude, our boy, Braxton <laughs> braxos dude Brax, well i we forgot about like braxos dude no braxos. But yeah i that's hey. i just have some trepidation for
2: okay for sure i with, Garrett i do understand but you can't don't look at it in the sense of like how is he going to be because he's not going to support all those guys nobody can Hell, peyton manning couldn't probably even support all of those you know weapons that that the jets are just compiling over there uh because they're just so good at it um uh, but what i will say is that He can support one to two of those guys, even if he takes a minimal step forward because of the uh, talent that they have put around him, like on the defense, on that offensive line. And so I do think that they'll be in a little bit more scoring position. And so therefore, it'll allow for two of those guys uh, to be, you know. I'm not saying they're going to be wide receiver ones, but I do think that they'll have a couple wide receiver one weeks uh, if you're plugging them and then uh, on good matchups. And then I think there'll be a, a solid low end wide receiver two on most weeks.
1: definitely rosterable. Yes, yeah, More, more yeah. above that. I got to throw out there. My vet loser. I mean, vet, he's not a rookie, so he qualifies as an vet <laughs> yeah. staying on theme here with the jets, Michael Carter jr. Is my oh, yeah. veteran loser yep. on this wow. one? And I'm talking just from a Pour fantasy standpoint, just from a fantasy standpoint. I think this is a really good move for the Jets overall. And I think that Michael Carter Jr. is going to be a really effective contributor for that Jets offense. But taking Brees Hall, who's being comp to Jonathan Taylor, who can do it all. Ah. Uh, You're not going to be leaning on Michael Carter in the same way. And that's just not good for fantasy production. Really, no matter how you try to splice it, it's 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 not going to be as good for Michael Carter as it would have been had they not taken the best halfback available in this NFL draft.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just had to be a bad like he goes out there, balls out with the shit at quarterback, you know, the basically the shit of the offense and gets they're basically like they trade up. For our guy Brees Hall, they say we we don't like you that much. We're going to give up picks to go get somebody better. I'm going to do a contrarian pick. I actually
2: i i went for Dynasty. I think you're absolutely right. Obviously, Hall is the guy that you want. But just knowing the system again, right, like knowing what we know about what happens in football and the Kyle Shanahan thing, I think Carter actually becomes a winner as far as redraft goes because he is now going to fall way back in drafts and because people are going to be taking haul because rightfully so, right? But Hmm. we do know that, unfortunately, the system isn't really conducive to especially the lead running back uh, because it's a long season and it's uh, very violent. And so Carter actually might, because he is good, right, he can produce, he actually might be in uh, redraft leagues the better value uh, long term. Yeah, I think that's a winner. I think yeah. that's
0: a winner for those who draft Michael Carter. Not Michael Carter is a winner. There's no scenario in which right. both are healthy where Michael Carter scores well, more points. I mean, and hey, one might say, say hey, it might, hey, the, hey, it's,
1: it. One I, I might think it. Johnny it's, Hicks say, and that's, yeah, and that's, exactly. I,
2: I totally, I get <laughs> it,
1: dude. Uh,
2: first, for what is it? The the morning where wor- uh, first bird gets the worm. But listen, the second mouse in this <laughs> offense gets the cheese, baby. Look, listen, man. The
1: second mouse takes it to the house. that's what means.
0: Fool me once, shame on you. Hey, fool me you twice, you're going fool again. again. Hey, I told you. Rashad Penny wasn't going to fool the Seattle Seahawks again. Ooh, apparently did they, pull they, us. Went, they went and drafted oh. Kenneth Walker. So for me, Rashad Penny is my veteran loser. Imagine being Rashad Penny finishing the last six weeks as the RB one in fantasy, watching your team ship off Russell Wilson, uh, get you drew lock and then draft your replacement and Kenneth Walker on day two. Uh, I just think there's not much you can spin here. That's really good for Rashad Penny. I think he came out of the draft a loser. Johnny, oh, what I, about you, veteran loser here? Uh,
2: all right. Well, uh, my veteran loser would be Austin Eckler. I know we haven't brought it up yet, uh, but I will. Listen, I was wrong. Spiller, Spiller, Spiller was not the number one running back off the board, but he did go to where I said he would probably be the best at, and that was the L.A. Chargers, and now Austin Eckler has been put on notice. I love the guy. I hope he comes on our show, by the way. If you're watching this, Austin Eckler, <laughs> please come on our show. I love you, man. But what I will say is this coaching staff is now drafted. They have not uh, – the the previous running backs on the roster were none of this coaching regime uh, what they had drafted. Uh, and so they they get this draft capital with, with Spiller, right, they are going, they want to ground and pound. You look at that defense, they are going to want to uh, control the clock. And how do you do that? You clock suck. And how do you do that? You turn around and hand the ball off to, to Spiller because this guy will grind forward three, four, five yards every handoff. And then all of a sudden, he'll break one. He'll get, and he'll, he'll, he'll show you that giddy up. And so for me, unfortunately spiller or eckler he wouldn't he was still a top 10 running back for me uh you know before this situation but knowing knowing what i know about spiller and knowing what how they're going to probably use these two it probably limits eckler's touchdown upside as well uh so yeah that's
0: why i'm i'm Freak doing. stop that you're now. still still giving you some uh some a hard time you spiller number one yeah i don't know if i can i've been on a roller coaster of emotions i've been texting these guys all day that i'm in on spiller i'm out on spiller um i just don't know if i can get past what he looked like on tape and the pro day where he just looks slower um and then you you factor in the chargers and what they were what they've done historically in drafting these like day three guys so uh, for me, I, I, I don't know. I think Eckler's too good to pass up under contract. I think, uh, barring an injury and then him being better than what he's shown, in my opinion. I mean, how much uh, le-
2: uh, Eckler can't have more than two years left on his contract, right? Or did he re up last I year? I thought
0: he got a extension,
2: right? Do you get but, paid last year? I'm going to I'm no, going sure. to look. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to look.
1: Is this a little bit of news? Debo finished having Antonio Brown moment following the 49ers again? That's some breaking Yeah,
0: that, news. that came hey, this morning. That came out this morning. And that was after the draft. He said he was he was digging in as uh, wanting the trade. So now he's following him again. Soon he'll have his pictures back up. Emotions are next, crazy, man. Next he'll be like having photos with him and John Lynch, and they're so and, fluid. Yeah, right. It's so crazy. Uh-huh. All right, we're gonna get on to the we did the vets right, or we did the losers right, so we can get on to our winners. The winners, the, the winners. Awesome. Yeah. Kick us off with some winners here, brother.
1: My rookie winner. I had a couple of them that I'm considering on this, but for my rookie winner, I think I got to go with Kenny Pickett on this. Hmm. Kenny Pickett, first quarterback taken off the board, and I do not think he could have landed in a better position being the maybe year one, but certainly future quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin has shown an ability to develop talent. He shows an ability to coach holistically to be able to impact all of the variables required to bring someone up, whether it's Deontay Johnson coming in and being a legit wide receiver one um, picking up Najee Harris to cover up the slack. Big Ben was going to create with his noodle arm last year and still make the playoffs. I mean, hell, they've won games with Mason Rudolph. I love Kenny Pickett, having Mike Tomlin as a coach and leading his development. And then the pieces that are found in Pittsburgh are wonderful from Deontay Johnson to Pickens, who they also drafted, and Chase Claypool as that two or three wide receiver now. Pat Fryermuth at the tight end position and the aforementioned Najee Harris. This is a really balanced offense where Kenny Pickett's not going to have to carry the load for them to win games. That defense is good, and it's always good because it's a well-run organization. It's a well-coached team. The fact that they went out and got Kenny Pickett says enough to me that he's got enough cooking that they can do something with it to take him as the number one quarterback off the board. So Any concerns about the talent? I am leaving those at the door because the Steelers, it was good enough for the Steelers, good enough for me. And I think he walks into a phenomenal situation. And so big Travi, my rookie winner is going to be Kenny Pickett.
0: I love this pick. I I had him as mine as well, so I won't elaborate too much more on it. I just think. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. So. Kenny, Kenny Pickett is a great a great fit like uh, Austin laid it out perfectly and I think the last thing I'll say is we're going to know very quickly about Kenny Pickett his evaluation isn't going to take long because of all the pieces around him so I think Pittsburgh set themselves up in a, in a really good way here to go and take him and and move forward with that Johnny what about you for a veteran winner here I, I see you put Hollywood Brown down you're, you're doubling down we talked a little bit about Hollywood Brown here so quickly just why he's such a winner for you Uh, Hollywood is a winner for
2: me because obviously Hopkins going out uh, for seven weeks. We talked about the shower narrative of Kyler and him are really like they're like best friends. Uh, Now we'll see if Kyler ends up throwing him the ball. But uh, as of right now, and I do expect uh, Hollywood wants to uh, like he wants to show how good he can be. And so I do expect him to really that effort forward because he wants to get paid.
1: And what a better situation for him, right, with that shower narrative going into a spot that's the – the the air raid system he can kind of play a lot of different positions 1400 yards with him and kyler together at oklahoma i mean if he was able to do it with lamar jackson i don't think we have any concerns about brown's ability to do it with kyler murray so let's fucking go we should see yeah. a
0: ceiling that we haven't seen with with marquise brown if we have a better pass for throwing him the ball especially with the with the suspension as we talked about at the top i'm going to stay with the cardinals and say that yeah. james connor i mean there may not be a better veteran winner than james connor um, very minimal draft capital on RB here, uh, I think very similar to, Eno you know, Benjamin's uh, draft capital, uh, Chase Edmonds walks, they haven't replaced that role, maybe Rondell Moore steps into that as some sort of gadgety, you know, uh, over the middle, but It's not like James Conner hasn't been a receiving back. He spent time in Pittsburgh doing just that, so good that they felt good about Le'Veon Bell's holdout and leaving the organization. So for me, James Conner is a guy that, you know, yeah, he might be a little overdrafted, but I think maybe rightfully so now. Maybe he's getting into the rightfully so mode because he'll be the number one on this offense. And as much as we like to think that Arizona is this pass heavy offense. They're really not. They're like around league average pass run ratio, and they're actually more of a conservative team than we like to think. And that bodes well for our guy, James Conner.
2: Yeah, they're top 10 in rushing over the last or ever since they had Cliff Kingsbury. So uh,
0: you definitely want part of that action. Johnny, what about your rookie winner here as we round it out for our winners on the rookie side? So my rookie winner uh, for this guy,
2: it's not going to be a typical typical one you might see. But after watching the film again and knowing the system, I'm telling you, Whisper Nation, look me in the eye here. Right here. Lock him. Lock him, bro. Alec Pierce, you're welcome. This guy is a stud muffin and a half, and you're going to want him on your team. Why? Because this guy has really good hands. He is good with his routes. He's fast. And you look at where he's probably going to be playing. He's going to playing opposite of Pittman. Why is that? So, you know, why is that a case in point? Well, you look at Matt Ryan and his tendencies. It's the number one, he will pepper that person and targets. So you look at Pittman, he'll get peppered and targets. But very similar to what I said before about the second mouse getting the cheese. Well, the cheese in fantasy football are TDs. And that is what Alec Pierce is going to be scoring a lot of this year because he's going to be playing that number two spot and he is worthy of it. So get time. your
0: cheese, TDs, please. Yeah, baby. That's what we're rocking with there. Uh, Austin, one more winner here, or I guess you have two here. Uh, you have some veteran winners you wanted to, to kind of highlight here. Vet winner. You
1: mentioned James Conner, Big Travi, in a similar light. I got to go with Derrick Henry. Hmm. Joe Mixon would also be the in H. that same light where we've got – Derrick Henry, it's been his offense for a couple of years now. He was able to come back in the playoffs, have a nice fantasy output day, enough so that I'm not concerned about his health coming into this year. And given they took no other running backs over there in Tennessee, no real threat to Derrick Henry's workload. In fact, they got rid of A.J. Brown. Yes, picked up Traylon Burks. I think he goes into a great system, but it shows me they are going to be relying on Derrick Henry because this team, while they did pick up Traylon Burks and Malik Willis to presumably be that quarterback of the future, the Tennessee Titans are the defending AFC champions. They mm-hmm. walked into the playoffs last year with a buy. They're not packing it up. They're going to go ahead and try to repeat on the same basis that got them into the playoffs and that number one seed last year. And that's having a strong, smart defense, a run first offense that doesn't make otherwise very many mistakes, and you still run that through Derrick Henry. And if he's able to stay healthy, which you know we'll see—that's always the concern. But he is a freak; he is different. He's a monster truck in a normal-sized parking lot. <laughs> Derrick Henry is going to feast. He's going to get 30 touches. He's probably going to lead the league again. It's just health. If the Titans aren't concerned,
0: I'm not concerned. Yeah, Derek we decide saw- that winner. Yeah, we saw Donta Foreman walk, and they only used fourth-round capital on Hassan Haskins. Uh, so not nothing to you know really be know concerned about. about right now with Derrick Henry. So I, I agree with that um, as well. Well, that wraps up our first part of the show, the winners and losers from the NFL draft, our reaction to the NFL draft and some landing spots. But now to the meat and potatoes, Austin's going to share this screen here and we're going to do the first round of a rookie dynasty draft excluding our quarterbacks even though their adp kind of falls at the end of the first round anyways we've used the fantasy pros uh, consensus rankings to kind of dissect the guys that we're going to talk about but we're also just going to go through here um, and go through we're going to have an unlimited clock here to talk through these picks with you talk a little bit more about guys we even talked about at the top of the show but Uh, We got to have a two thirds consensus vote here, right on this panel between the three of us in order to pick that person. Also, we want to kind of explain our strategy to start uh, in Dynasty. So Austin, I'll let you start here on kind of the way you attack your first round picks, kind of your Dynasty outlook here uh, for our rookies dynasty outlook
1: for me is going to lean on running backs if all things are equal because it's the hardest position to find now with that said points are points and wide receivers have longer shelf lives um the role on a team is gonna you want to you're gonna want to find main veins that's what i'm really going to be looking for and at this day and age that can be a running back that can be a wide receiver probably not going to be a tight end but leaning on the other two positions is where I'm going to be looking at least to start. Um, If all things are equal, I'm taking the running back ahead of the wide receiver, but even if it's 51 49 in favor of the wide receiver, I'm going to go with the wide receiver in that part, Travis.
0: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. You kind of shine a new light on, on taking the running backs just for the scarcity of the position. They're harder Mm -hmm. to find. And we could even see the depth right now uh, of wide receiver in this class. So that, you know, kind of playing into the effect of why you would take a Brees Hall at 101.
1: Yeah, that is absolutely playing into that reality. For me, it's Brees Hall, pretty clean cut. Um, but I did just want to add that chasing running backs that you wish would work out does not mean that they yeah. will work out. We talked about yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn, who was going pretty much Consensus-wise, in the first round of rookie drafts for Dynasty Leagues a couple of years ago, um, Darienton Evans was another name that comes to mind, who I ended up taking at the back of the first, a few picks early, but that was because I wanted to have the backup for Derrick Henry to try to grab that handcuff. Darienton Evans played, like, I don't even know if he played 30 snaps, and now he plays for another team. He's no longer with the Titans, so you need to keep an eye out on what role that running back is coming into because it doesn't guarantee them any type of role at all. So yeah, running backs are hard to find and picking a running back doesn't mean you found one either.
0: Well, we found slim Reaper in the chat. What's going on? Slim Reaper. Appreciate you joining Uh, to Austin's point, Johnny. You get guys like, you know, he said Darrington Evans. Maybe Isaiah Spiller mm. this year. No, I'm just kidding. I, I just give you a hard time. I wanted wow, you to dude, add, I wanted to ask fun. your oh, overall yeah. strategy uh, when attacking like these these running backs versus wide receiver, and just kind of where you're at with your rookie picks. Uh, when it comes to these rookie picks,
2: like uh, the moment, like if you get the one one, I immediately try to trade it. Like that, it doesn't matter who's coming out. I, I try, I try to trade it because mm. you're going to get uh, a lot of value for an, an and immediately as well. Um, you know, cause people get that and that excitement. They want that, that coveted number one, be able to choose whoever they want. And so oftentimes and, and kind of look for it as this moving forward. If you haven't, if you get the number one pick minimum, you should be getting a player and an additional first rounder back whether that's a uh, next year or this year um, that's what you should minimum be getting back if you are looking to trade it. Uh, and so when you do that, you're able to really benefit your team and really, you know, s- and most cases, you probably have that number one because you need to rebuild your team. So And that year, team-
1: Johnny, you traded out of the 101. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was the consensus 101. You ended yeah. up trading that out. You ended up picking up DeAndre Swift, who was your boy mm-hmm. anyways, yep. as well as getting A.J. Brown in that deal. So you got rid of C.E.H. essentially for DeAndre Swift and A.J. Brown. And yeah. DeAndre Swift was, you know, three years later is the better of the two halfbacks straight up in any league
2: and that's the other nice part about right or like psychology of it if you think about it it is hard when when you do have that number one pick it is you have every pick so you should in theory pick the right guy right but then there is a lot of pressure on that because you're like okay well there's a consensus number one is like Brees hall right is like the consensus number one right now but then in two years which there could be a whole lot changing. You're like, wow, I like, how do we ever think that Brees Hall? And like, how, how the hell did Sky Moore go all the way? You know, it's like, that will tend to happen. And when you have that kind of, pressure on you and the and the first, you know, it's just easier to take advantage of that and put that pressure onto somebody else and diversify your assets. Like yeah. as they
1: say, this is not financial advice. This is not no. fantasy football. This advice. is not fantasy football advice. But it, like right, maybe maybe the chances on that 101 spot are higher than another player down the line, but it's still a probability. And it might not be as high a probability in that 101 as the community might wish that it was so you go ahead and pick up a player that's already kind of proven, that's a higher probability of that guy working out anyways. And then you end up getting a dice roll that might not be that much worse of a dice roll.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And so I think in I particular do. years, too, that's that's a good point. In particular, like this year, the reason I traded out of 101 is I could make a case for three different dudes at one Oh one in this year, this year wasn't as clear cut. And so to me, I just thought, okay, why don't I trade out and get some value in the middle of the draft or in the middle of the first round. But guys, we have the one Oh one right now. We have the one of all 12. (laughs) We have one 101 through, but uh, we're going Brees Hall here, right? I mean, what's, what's
1: bringing it home for us here, Austin on Brees Hall. You know, I was going back and forth between Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall. I just like Kenneth Walker's film. I like what he did in Michigan. I like the breakaway type of play style that he had. But Brees Hall also holds that. I think he's got it in the 97th percentile for speed score, 98th percentile for Kenneth Walker. So they're so close. We're talking in the four threes for his 40-yard dash time. He also has an ability to hit you in the mouth. He's pretty shifty. He's a good five yards or less runner, it can also take it to the house. And the Jets, while they have been horrible historically, if you look at this team blind, it's hard not to like them as an up-and-comer. So I am taking some risk in saying Brees Hall, hands down number one, because if this was a bad team, I don't like it. Like if he was going to the Jaguars, I'd be like, I don't know. You know, James Robinson has showed us that he can get it done, but it just gives you a little bit of concern in that kind of situation. But I think that the Jets are on the up-and-up. And even though we haven't seen it yet, I think the pieces are in line and I'm, I'm willing to take the chance.
0: Yeah, he increased his uh, market share, target market share each and every year. So the receiving profile is where he really stands ahead of Kenneth Walker. And so that should translate well, especially in that system. Uh, we saw Michael Carter do some fantastic things out of uh, mm-hmm. as a receiver. So we move on to number two here. And and this was, you know, I was talking about guys I could go differently at one Oh one. And I've been on a strong kick the last couple of weeks for Traylon Burks is number one hundred one, but we're, we've got him here at one hundred two. Um, I just look at what they've done, you know, Tennessee, and they've been very transparent on what they want to do. They traded away AJ Brown. They are replacing him with Traylon Burks. Uh, you know, they they want to run the same offense. The biggest the biggest knock on him was that he ran seventy seven percent of his career snaps in the slot, and I think this is a great place for him to go then because he. They don't have to do much. They can run play action. They could put him in the slot if they want to. I think he's just very well fit uh, for this offense to run down the field and, and be Tannehill's main target. Any concerns here, guys, from, from the panel here on putting Burks at number two? I just want to air a little bit on Kenneth Walker, who we had gone back and forth
1: about taking as our number two. Like the guy, like don't hate the position, but Traylon Burks is just such a clear fit. We love what he brought to the table as a prospect. And this is probably the best landing spot he could possibly go to after they traded AJ Brown away.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just look at like, okay, if you say, oh, well, what about past Tannehill? Well, we kind of like Malik Willis landing there too. Like, and he's a good guy yeah, for I, throwing I, the deep ball. So it's kind of like yeah. they're set up. At least you can you can paint a path for future uh that that looks decent with Tennessee TB? as much as you
2: yeah, Traylon Burns yeah. here. It's, I, I was, uh, yeah, was Malik Willis, the Cardinals were up right after they, the pick. And I was texting while the, the Tennessee was on the clock we were DMing each other. And I was like, I wonder if the Cardinals select Willis, if he falls there just because mm. of everything that's going with, with, uh, Kyler and they're very similar and that they could be kind of a good backup for each other. But then he went to Tennessee. And I was like, this is perfect. Like that's exactly where M- Malik should go.
1: So what about in this number three spot? We talked about Kenneth Walker as that number two. Yeah, I think that's I think this is where he goes at three. Kenneth Walker here are are we I mean, Drake London has been a popular pick. Garrett Wilson has as well. Um, Jamison Williams, we think, is the most talented wide receiver of the bunch. Any consideration or are we going to go with Kenneth Walker, his play style, the role on the team? Good at number
0: three. I just have big issues with Kenneth Walker, man. What I love him. Issues? He's a pure. But you're you dropping. Yeah, he's like, no, I mean, no. We can do whatever. Like, we can do whatever we decide. It's it's a live show. No, I just, no, I'm I'm, I'm me, saying on your personal rankings, your your drop.
2: You think? Yeah, I, 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 I'm getting,
0: I'm cooling on Kenneth Walker because mm. okay, the the best case scenario is. That he just wasn't used as a receiver, but he's going to an offense that doesn't use their backs as as a receiver a lot. Now, maybe that's Russell Wilson, maybe. But it seems to be more Pete Carroll, maybe going to the worst offense in the league, you know, just plays ran wise. I don't like what Seattle does. They're very slow. They already have Rashad Penny. They already have other guys there. Not saying that he shouldn't be the starter and end up that way, but they've always deployed a platoon of running backs there in Seattle, so that's kind of hesitant. And then if you even say, okay, well maybe the regime changes, you know, in a couple of years, well then he, they may not even like Kenneth Walker because they didn't draft him. So I just think there's a lot of things to be scared of with Kenneth Walker, um, and so I, I haven't I mean, been Travis chasing the RB. Yeah, I just, he, yeah. I mean, I, I can get behind him here just based on, you know, why, you know, we talked about at the top, you know, running backs harder to scarcity at the position. I can get behind it here. Um, I just wanted to show, I just wanted to show a little bit of concern on Kenneth Walker. There, there are some questions. What do you like ahead of him? I think you could make a case for Jamison Williams or Drake London ahead of him.
1: The question marks surrounding those guys aren't as, are, are. Is it a case or like what? Do you, I, I hear the concern about Kenneth Walker, but is it legit? Do you personally believe it's a legitimate enough case to drop him down the board and pick up another one of those receivers who have question marks of their own ahead of him?
0: Yeah, probably not. As we talk through it, you know, I think that London as a prospect, you know, can get a little scary, and then Williams with the ACL plus, uh, you know, the Lions as an organization plus all the mouths to feed. I, I could, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm still good with Walker at three. All right. I I think you take him here because. Of the two things, of
2: one we know the system at least. Yeah, I do agree with what Travis is saying. It's slow. It's not. Uh, it's not pretty. It's not fun to watch. But we do know that they produce some pretty good running backs, and it just so happens that if you had Penny on your on your roster, you probably won your championship. So there's that. And then it's like Penny is in front of him, but Penny's never been a source of health in his entire career. And let's say he does just so happen to stay healthy this year. But the Seahawks suck, which we all project that to happen. Pete Carroll gets canned. Then that new coaching staff that comes in is not going to keep Penny. Like, no one else likes Penny in this league except for P- Coach Pete Carroll. New staff comes but, in. They
1: like Penny over Walker. They're like, hey, Walker's yeah, not our yeah, guy, man. Yeah, We're not, we, right? like, yeah, I hate Michigan. Like, right
2: exactly uh, I, my dad my dad went to uh went to michigan instead of michigan state so i don't ever have michigan state people on my yeah, roster there's, there's no. definitely
1: question marks right it's not like a slam dunk but there's question marks with everybody here ronald's feeling some question right. marks about the jets saying i mean you betting the jets can develop a star be very worried about taking Brees hall i don't think you actually are banking on that you don't need them to develop Brees right. hall at all he's gonna step on the He's going to step on the turf, and he's going to be ready to go. And we already saw the Jets last year produce with multiple running backs. Michael Carter had some good games. Ty London had some good games. Or Ty Johnson, excuse me, had some yeah, good this games. this
2: system will produce a star. You don't, need, can. A, you don't need any. Like hell, I can, I can be drafted in the sixth round by, that, by the Jets. Well, probably not the Jets, but if it was a 49, same system again. If I went to the system, I could probably run behind there and well, before I get – Killed by a moving to the fourth
1: overall pick. Now,
0: I just want to one more thing on the Kenneth Walker thing because I think it's important here because. I think there's a Brees Hall tier. And then I think there's kind of everybody else. And maybe Walker's in his own tier before the rest of the guys. But in a class that we say that we like the receivers a bunch, like they're the deepest part of this draft. And we like receivers better in dynasty. I'm just wondering when is the tier break in the first round for Walker? So that's all I wanted to work through like devil's advocate on Walker here in this, in this first round. I thought it added a little bit of value, but yeah, I think Austin, like moving on here into the fourth pick, like, do we, I think we, we all like Jamison Williams tape. That would be my vote to go. The fourth here is Jameson Williams. I think he provides the most upside in the wide. He was the biggest wow factor watching the film for me out of all the guys. Mm-hmm.
1: I think you take the best player available, especially in the first round. Yes. Roster need is something you're going to think about, but this is dynasty. This is not redraft. And this guy's going to be with your team for a long time don't be drafting a wide receiver in this round to be a reliable playmaker for you at all. Like give, give, give your expectations a little bit of extra slack on this. And Jamison Williams, we think is maybe even more talented than Burks and the ACL tear is a concern. It happened this year, you know, back in January. Um, but there's a world where he's totally fine. Like there's a world where he steps on the field week one and has a full snap share
2: let me let me ask you guys and I, I, i'm legit asking this are there we don't really bring up the concerns when it comes to williams as far as the target share there right mm-hmm. or 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 because you gotta you gotta see that they they brought in dj Chark. Not saying he's going to get a massive target share, but they brought in he's a talented wide receiver. They've obviously got Amon, who we already know the history of that and how much he popped off there, right? They've got TJ Hawkinson, right? They've got uh, you know, Swift. Uh, DeAndre Swift, who is really good at pass catching. And so that is if if I were going to say I love Williams, I'm with you guys. I do think Williams would be number number four for me right here, because I I like him a lot. But I also do believe in the Detroit Lions. So uh, most people would would turn that off. So that is where I, I'm almost saying what are asking you guys, what your guys' opinion on, what do you guys think – Goff will be able to do in order to
0: support these guys. Will he? Or Just what he's always done, like is support multiple weapons. In McVeigh's system, he supported multiple multiple weapons. In the Detroit system last year, he supported multiple weapons. Yeah. Like you we can be we can smirk all we want at Jared Goff and make fun of him. He's fun to make fun of. He didn't know where the sun like rose. We mm-hmm. we understand set. We get that. The bottom line is the dude can consistently put up three fifty a game yardage wise. So you know I I perpetuated this narrative too where I was saying I don't like a Jared Goff deep threat. And then I looked up Brandon Cooks in his one full season in L A mm-hmm. was the PPR wide receiver thirteen. So maybe that's a narrative okay. that's getting pushed too much. That's and good. I think mm-hmm. Jamison Williams, who basically has ran a similar. 40 time to Brandon Cooks, 4340, that's 99th percentile. 105.3 speed score, that's 84th percentile. Jamison Williams has metrics, he has production. He went to two schools that I'm proud of for wide receivers mm-hmm. in, in Ohio State and Alabama and he has this blazing speed and they traded up draft capital to go get him. I think there's just too much working in his favor and the one knock being ACL and maybe you could say supporting cast but he maybe has the best quarterback of all these rookies that are being drafted, dude. And Detroit, low key, is another
1: on the rise squad that has historically been horrible. You know, we talked about the Jets. We're talking about the Lions now too. But you look at this team, and if you took if you took their jerseys off of all of them, and you're just looking at this roster blind, it's a it's a sneaky good offense. <laughs> looking at look
2: at a roster blind. It, wait, right. looking at
0: a roster blind? How do you do that, dude? You, you, you no, mean, I. You I mean, am with you, meeting? and we so the argument at the top of the show on Garrett Wilson where the Jets are making all these moves and we should be you know investing in the Jets, bro. Give me the Detroit Lions, miss me with the Jets and give me the Lions, bro. Like that's what, what, what I'll, I'll take. That night over. you saying?
1: are you saying a Jets Lions Super Bowl? You heard it here first? <laughs> yeah. Now yeah, I'm you're saying Lions win Shelby?
0: the division, uh, like Johnny really? said the other week. No, I yeah. I'm just saying Jameson Williams for me checks too many boxes, in my opinion. The one thing and we just don't know about this, is that he couldn't beat out Olave and 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 Garrett Wilson at Ohio State, and he had to transfer to Alabama. I don't really care. You know, people break out. Of, we don't know the situation.
1: Cam, Cam Newton couldn't beat out who over uh, before he transferred to Auburn? You know, in Florida? Where, where Actually, did he go Tim before. Tebow. I think it was Tim Tebow. Yeah, it was Tim Tebow. Tebow. He couldn't beat out Tim and, Tebow, and, who was one of the greatest Urban of all time. It was Urban Marco
2: Also – <laughs> Well, oh, and then speaking of Urban Meyer, uh, he chose, he chose Haskin over uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah. So the reality is showing you that just he was never a great coach ever.
0: Well, he just yeah, always made the wrong decision. No, I, I'm with Jameson Williams. I don't know if you guys agree wholeheartedly here, but I, do I, I, I really Jameson do like it. Yeah, I do like Jameson here. That would uh, be my all Right. Opinion. so that,
1: that leaves Chelsea's us, just, I mean, go Chelsea
0: ahead. Chelsea just
1: walked by Benny Benassi.
0: That's funny. Oh, nice. She just texted me all that. Right, yeah. Well,
1: Hope he's uh hope he's having a nice t- day. Did
0: she ask him ask her she if she a- pick?
2: Yeah, ask her if she, <laughs> she walked- like Yeah, ask, ask her if she, w- yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, if she
1: walked by my trade offer yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think he's. Uh, I think even Benny Benassi would was done with that.
0: might uh, yeah. say no on that one. But now in the 5th <laughs> overall spot, Travi, what are you thinking, man? Um, so I think we mocked this when we did it like kind of off-camera as Drake London. And I got to say, man, I've been warming on Drake London. A lot of people have Drake as even as high as 101. You like that? Take and gross. people are taking him as, <laughs> as what's that? That, that like sounds Johnny. Yeah. That's I know, non-tidious. and I thought that too, but I think I let you guys kind of convince me that Drake London isn't gonna like, doesn't have a shot to be really, yeah, because we're
2: your friends, dude. Yeah, <laughs>
0: friends, friends don't, let friends, oh, yes. friends don't oh, let friends draft Drake London, yeah, friends don't let friends draft possession receivers thinking they're breakaways, yeah, oh, yeah, maybe. It's like, oh, oh, it's, just, oh, it was again, just my
2: friends that just, you know, helped me from stepping in front of a, a big so, old a, a
0: bus coming down the freeway. So, remember that Drake London was the R wide receiver, that Freak Stomper, part of Whisper Nation, grilled us for, for not liking the film on. Then he pulled some stats with, I still don't know. He said, you got to pay for these stats, but I still don't know where they came from. But the one thing I will give Freak Stomper. On the street corner? Is that, what is, that, is that Drake London was sixth in missed tackles forced in the nation, along with his first in contested catches. So yes, again, you know, you look at that one play against UCLA, that's his biggest highlight where he breaks like seven tackles and scores. I think the biggest stat, though, for me, for Drake London, Falcons are third in vacated targets from 2021. They had so many people leave this offense. And, Johnny, I know we're going to hear you say that Marcus Mariota doesn't support the wide receiver. I don't know if it matters if that many targets are missing. Uh, You know, if if you've got that much, that's so much of the pie to be able to go get. Now, I I get the Ritter could
1: step in at any moment this year, too.
0: Correct. And I think that's something that that's there. And one thing that Drake London has going for him just as a hit rate for first rounders and for wide receivers, highest draft capital in the NFL draft for wide receiver at 108. So for me, there's a lot of things. Yeah, it's not a
2: good thing usually. It's not a good thing uh, they, like, good thing. uh okay yeah. rugs rugs where's he at and he's sitting in a, in a jail cell right now jamar chase. Uh, where where's he at J- uh jamar chase okay. is the number one. Oh, J- J- that was okay i'll give you no no i'll give you no i said i will give you jamar chase but then you look at um cd lamb what was wasn't cd, C.D. lamb what, or no rugs no rugs was the number one what was the year before that it was uh Hold on, I'm gonna look this up right now. I, I, I don't know if edit. I'm basically and it, it's saying not, that the it's not a good record. Then you also pile on the fact you he's a wide receiver from USC. USC wide receivers generally are not good receivers translating to the NFL. I'm just being Yeah, Your
0: relationship with USC wide receivers is so funny. You used to love DJ Shark.
2: I do so like DJ Shark, but he's like – no, he went to he went to LSU.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: Never mind. Yeah. So, uh, really so quick, I mean I, I guess, gonna
1: run I, guess this
0: one. I brought I just I wanted to bring this point up. We should have the, the tiebreaker of Austin here because I am warming on Drake London and I I just want to know where you're at with it after the whole process has kind of played out.
1: For me, I'm still on Drake London in the five spot. For me, I hear the Garrett Wilson points, and I'm not surprised if it ends up coming to fruition. But Drake London, given the role that the Falcons see him having given the offensive success that the Falcons overall have been able to have moving forward. I like Drake London paired up there with um, their tight end, you know, coming in here. I like, I like what they're starting to put together in terms of their offensive weapons. And if we're just evaluating film and presumed play style, I don't think I have enough points knocking Drake London to overcome the question marks I see with Garrett Wilson for me.
0: Yeah, I'm with it on there. I just, you know, the the one caveat I would say to, Kyle to Johnny's Pitts, point. Yeah. I I just, I don't know about Marcus Mariota. I want to like Marcus Mariota, but yeah, I'm, I'm with London above Wilson. I think I have more concerns about Wilson, Zach Wilson. Than so Gary if Wilson. we
1: take, if we're taking based on the, it's a, it is by split decision, Drake London in the five. We like and Garrett still- Wilson though.
0: We're we taking do. I mean, in the yeah I think that's a good spot to take him here Johnny probably would have had him at 101 but I mean there's so much to like about Garrett Wilson really as a as a prospect five star recruit uh, got offers from Alabama Georgia Oklahoma some comps to Stefan Diggs four three eight forty I just can't get over the Zach Wilson Elijah Moore you know puzzle of all these pieces they're adding being some somehow gonna rebirth zach wilson i, I don't know i like zach wilson coming out of college so maybe i should be back on zach wilson but uh it's tough yeah yeah After i said year. if you knew
1: what was good for you you would well
0: yeah, i think yeah. this thing is
1: recorded and a year from now we get to take a look back at the receipts and johnny can dance on our graves or hang his head in shame. Oh, I'll,
2: I'll be dancing because Garrett Wilson is going to be. You're
0: about... dancing. Because you
1: love to dance, oh. bro, and you're is a good is dancer. Garrett Wilson, your dance.
0: best. You have Garrett Wilson as the best wide receiver. You think he'd be, he's the best wide receiver in this draft class?
2: No. Okay. No, but I I think he's better than London. Well, we, that's
1: we know that you think that for sure. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't hate you for it. You're so. You couldn't do anything to make me hate you, Johnny. <laughs>
0: That's, that is very true so at number seven um i think we're looking at this you know the last of the big five here in chris Olave, who the saints you know traded a bunch to get up to this position to then get up to trade chris Olave. obviously could the, say
2: the saints went marching in yeah all <laughs> those all <laughs> those
0: draft picks to get chris Olave, oh, oh, yeah. dude how and he'll that? be marching uh, down the field with 4.3 speed. I think he, uh, if I'm honest, Johnny, I think this puts you in a little bit of a conundrum on your guy, Michael Thomas. But oh, Chris Olave no does fit to me, Jameis Winston style, a little bit more. My question is, Austin, if we have faith in the Saints opening up Jameis Winston, because last year he was, he did not throw at all. Like they barely care, they capped dude. him. I honestly don't care. I don't care. I don't think that
1: Jameis Winston is the future for the Saints, and I don't think that's a good thing or a bad thing for the fantasy producers outside of Winston. What to me is notable is this is the first skill position. I hate using that term because you got to be skilled to play any position in the NFL. Um, This is the first ball position. I'm going to go with that, see how that sits with me. This is, yeah, think about testicles, Travis. Ball position. Yeah, I know. It's there. This is the first (laughs) ball player. This is the first ball player selected football by player. the states for yeah. no ball player, not football player, like <laughs> like the actual ball, like
0: they they hey, designed. I don't know if, to get yeah, the I, don't, uh, I don't know that could be an player. actual
2: profession like in the Olympics. So you, you might want to be like someone not, could, like a professional ball player. Could, ball player? Oh, professional, yeah. uh, professional ball player? Professional ball player? Like an actual official? Like wall? Ball? Professional ball player? I don't know Hand what that. Ball? I don't know. I
0: don't know, but I'm pretty sure I'm using within
1: the context of the NFL, evaluating different positions on the field. And I despise the term skill position because I think it paints an unfair light on people that aren't skill positions. Like you're going to tell me a cornerback isn't a skilled position. Like I disagree with that framing. So I'm going to call these I'm going to call these wide receivers and running backs and quarterbacks and tight ends ball positions. So. This, to me, Chris Olave is the first ball player taken by this new Sean payton list New Orleans Saints. And so I don't care if Jameis Winston's there. Jameis Winston wasn't the dude they wanted anyways. I expect Jameis Winston to be watching either from the sidelines or the couch in the future. But, this, so, but, but Olave, I think, will still be there. And I think they'll actually end up trying to get quarterbacks that work well with who Olave is, not trying to get players that work well with who Jameis is winston is and so alave as you mentioned travi they traded up they went and got him he's extremely skilled there's a lot of ceiling on this player for fantasy wise and the nfl perspective and i i, I think he's cool yeah,
0: I, johnny I think you have a fine. yeah yeah you you I, like it here i, think I just want to know, know your overall temperature on, you oh you're in on him huh yeah i well i mean i think he's I gonna be been solid on, like i think you like the winston fit you've liked michael yeah. thomas that checks yeah. out you know mm-hmm. the other thing i i just thought about today mark ingram is in line to be their rb1 no seeing it tomorrow suspension yeah like really that's who's on there that's and who's saying, on their death i'll be honest RB1 guys I, I don't like, think kamara that's what's crazy been... i thought about that today and i'm like wow and i looked it up so so far uh that's where we're at but johnny what were you gonna I, say I, there i don't think kamara's getting suspended.
2: He beat the shit out of that dude's. I debate. know, but I from I was watching like I was watching uh NFL live and I was expecting them uh Josh is sleeping hard on Winston. Based on yeah, what? I know I I think they are too. I I think Winston's gonna be a good quarterback. I think he's gonna sustain that. I think this is gonna be good. This is same coaching staff. It's not like it's changing up. The offensive John coordinator. Yeah, but the head, it's the yeah. uh, uh, yes, but the offensive coordinator is the one that took over as the head coach. It's the same system. They're running the same no, stuff. No, Dennis
0: Allen took over as the head coach. He's the defensive coordinator. Oh, okay. So, Sorry. The
2: yes, the defensive coordinator took over, but the offensive coordinator is still in place and he's still calling the same uh, offensive plays. It's the same it's the same system.
0: If I'm right, yeah, that's right. Like, Yeah, but Sean there's a T- lot of reason to believe it's going to stay similar. Some guy that's coming up through just like, you know, like, like when Sean you, McVay is a lot different than Zach Taylor. So, like, I, I just.
1: Right. But the like, guy, what I'm saying is, is he called the offensive coordinator last year called the plays. And it's the same offensive coordinator, presumably still calling yes. the plays. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, that I don't know if that's great news for Winston either, though, because again, they did not let him throw a ton. But they didn't have they didn't, didn't have Michael Thomas they
2: and they didn't play. have
1: Chris Olave. It was so they, weird. They I don't Calaway think we can really and, give a fair look. Like we really can't give last year a fair right, look sure because enough. Johnny and I uh, Johnny won a bet with me saying who's going to have more fantasy points by the end of the day, Jacoby Brissett or Jameis Winston. He took Jacoby Brissett, and Man, he ended up matchup. winning that. Yeah, I know. But he ended up winning that bet, and it was about who was going to have fewer fantasy points overall, and we were able to look at Winston, matchup or not, and having a low output, which he ended up having. But that same season, week one, against our Packers, Travi, what, five touchdown passes there for Winston? Wasn't holding back, and I think it was in that game he had the the longest touchdown pass in that game. Uh, He had a longer touchdown pass in that game than Drew Brees did his entire career with the Saints. So. We I think a bit he's going to have good weapons legs.
2: around him. He's going to, um, you know, and if anything does happen to Kamara, that's only good for Winston because they're going to have to throw more. They're not going to rely on Mark Ingram at the age of, you know, yeah, 65. I that, that,
0: I can, that I can buy more except for the fact that Dennis Allen, head coach, is defensive. So I could see a situation where they want to ground and pound to say that their defense is actually really good. Josh coming in here saying that, They have done nothing but put weapons around him and they trade their next year's first based on their draft and his numbers last year. Look, I I feel it. I get it. I think there's a lot of hype in the camp for a Jameis Winston resurgence. But again, Nobody really throws more picks and nobody gets sacked more than Jameis Winston. And guys that will get you off. Winston the field didn't clip.
2: throw any picks last year though. Like he, par- he didn't throw very many picks last year. We get- Cause he didn't if throw
0: a- it all. Johnny, like he didn't have any volume. They capped him. They hid him away from people. That's the point. Yes. When, it, it, well, my point is Johnny, this, uh, this is the last thing I'll say. Just when you increase his bandwidth, when you start making him throw more, he will make more mistakes. And I think that's what Sean Payton understood and capped him. And when they give him more weapons and let him throw again, will he make more mistakes? And that's and that will get you off the field. Now, right now, it doesn't matter. This year, it doesn't matter. Redraft, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a fine bet. But I'm just saying,
1: I do got to uh, throw it to Johnny's point. And I and I can't stand Jameis Winston on a personal level, but I got to give the man. I got to speak truth when it's when it's in front of you. There in 2021, 14 touchdown passes for Winston three interceptions a lot better than two years before when he had 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, a close to a one-to-one, this was 14 to three. And, and that was with no, like no Michael Thomas happened. and no Olave. He's it, like, he can, uh, he can do
2: it. He just was not get the BA system is for gunslinger. So it was like you were giving, you were playing with a napalm because the guy that you were giving the napalm to had uh, a cannon uh, for an arm. And then that was the whole problem. But then you went to Sean Payton, and Sean Payton was like, "Yo, yo, I realize you got a cannon, but I'm only going to give you a little bit of napalm each time to just get the ball to where it needs to go. How about that?" And then it, and it worked. So regardless
1: of Jameis Winston, though, I mean, we like Chris Olave with Jameis Winston, and we yeah. like him probably without, right? So we're yeah. we're feeling pretty good about.
2: Yeah, I like Chris
1: Olave. Yeah, yeah.
0: Here, here. Yeah, I mean, he's the last guy in this tier, so we. I feel like he has to be taken. Because then we get into our Christian Watson, Sky Moors, and, you know, our wide receivers now that it's weren't drafted in day one.
1: A little interesting now off this because, yeah, as you said, Burks, Williams, London, Wilson, and Olave have kind of been grouped together. I've seen a lot of different rankings pages mix that group up, but it's usually been those five. Bef- it's usually those five in some order. Mm. What do we like now at eight? Sky Moore has been a popular pick. We had some conversation about Christian Watson, Travi, What do you think?
0: Yeah, so I've gone back and forth on this because we've slept on it. Yesterday, we kind of went through it, and we were talking. We we ended up with Christian Watson through our dialogue, even though we started with Sky Moore. And now, the only I just guy don't we know. removed, the only guy we set in and yeah, then removed, we set and in and then removed. It. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't really know. I'm, I'm still very undecided on this, uh, decision. And I think the reason is, is I can see both of these teams going to a committee approach with the weapons they have. I can see, the Packers going from um, a air it out under Aaron Rodgers to the most conservative offense we've ever seen with them. Meaning that I think that the target tree gets even smaller and that we're going to split that up between guys that, you know, it's just hard for me to imagine a guy in Christian Watson making a huge impact year one. And if he doesn't make a huge impact year one, how much of a leash does Rodgers give him in like the clubhouse? And so that is the scary point for me. But then, if Rogers stays for the length of his contract and Christian Watson is the metric beast that we think he can be, he will be Rogers' number one target for the next three years, presumably, maybe four. I think that has huge upside and even more upside, other than Sky Moore, who I love as well. But there's a lot more weapons than we like to talk about right now that are over there in Kansas City. And we we like Sky Moore. So that's kind of my piece on it. I don't know that I've decided credit coming in here. He says, Hey, Trav, would you take Watson at seven asking for a fit? (laughs) Whisper
1: nation. John credit is in our dynasty league, former champion year. (laughs) And I'm at one seven
0: and he wants to know who I'm taking. So I'm not going to tell you, but I, I mean, it just depends on what's on the board. I mean, I think this is kind of, I like the rankings we're putting together. board feels like a great process that we're going through here. I I really enjoy it. So I guess I'm going to defer to you two on this one again, for Watson, Sky Moore, because I can see past oh, for both. Good. And honestly, Work. I think that Sky Moore long-term is probably the better bet tied to Patrick Mahomes' career long-term. Um, but, you know. Let me share. I want to share my thoughts. I want to jump options. in
1: on this one here. Yeah, go for I it. I have been going back and forth on these two. I am in a position in our own dynasty draft where Sky Moore, Christian Watson could be available. I really hope one of them is. And – I have stock in both of these wide receiver rooms. I got Alan Lazard for the Packers. I've got me Cole Hardman. I had Tyreek Hill. I have Tyreek Hill as well. But in Kansas City, got me Cole. In Green Bay, got Alan Lazard. And I've thought a lot about both of these wide receivers in Watson and Sky Moore, who are both explosive. Both are going to be playmakers. Um, Not totally the same play style, but they do have some similar components to their game. And my concern with Sky Moore is that he becomes the new Mecole Hardman and not the new Tyreek Hill. We have been looking at Mecole Hardman to become the next Tyreek Hill for a couple of years. They Mm -hmm. drafted, they being the Chiefs, they drafted Mecole Hardman to basically be that 1-1 fill-in when Tyreek Hill was facing some legal troubles. So we liked him being the replacement. I liked him. As that possible role, which is why I acquired him for my squad, but Nicole hasn't yet panned out. Now, he's still like, what, 24 years old? There's still a lot more story we presume for Nicole Hardman, and he could very well step into that new space, but he hasn't done it yet, and that is what gives me concern about Sky Moore. We're sitting here saying he's going to step right in, and you can't say that with real confidence. You can point to some logical conclusions suggesting it's likely, but there are also counterpoints there as well. And so Sky Moore to me, like, I'm gonna best case scenario is Tyreek Hill, right? Like, that's an easy possibility to see. Looking on the other side, the worst case scenario for Sky Moore is that this year, Ty- Travis Kelsey doesn't regress, he maintains that number one role. Miko Hardman takes a bit of a jump, his production increases, and he is that number two. And then that number three role actually gets chopped up by Juju Smith Schuster. Actually, hell. Worst case scenario could include Juju Smith-Schuster having the second best year of his career. He didn't have a bad year with Pittsburgh last year. We know he's not that 1,400-yard receiver we saw in Pittsburgh his sophomore season when Antonio Brown was opposite of him over there in Pittsburgh. We're not expecting him to be like that. But Juju Smith-Schuster is still young. He is still physically gifted. Um, We're not really concerned about an injury or anything like that. And Juju Smith-Schuster could step in and have his second best year he's ever had with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback right now. The opportunity we expect to be there too. That puts Sky Moore as a fourth option and he could get – intermingled up with, you know, the Byron Pringles and whoever else they end up putting on that roster. So there's a world no, where Byron Sky Pringle Moore
2: gets- is in Chicago.
1: Doesn't even matter, dude. The new Byron Pringle. Pick up another freaking guy. Like, it, it doesn't matter. There's another person they could go and pick up and put on the squad. Josh Gordon, you know, Kansas City goes out and picks up new players. And
2: he, yeah, he's still on the, on the squad. So Josh I'm saying that
1: there's a world where Sky Moore gets buried and he's the third, fourth option for the next three, four years. And if that's and the I think case, that- I'm not stoked about drafting him at this spot.
0: The biggest thing we looked at yesterday for me that, that I took away from when we did this was Sky Moore and Meikle Hardman just drafted two spots uh, different from each other. So, again, it's not like the draft capital suggests that they're going to – I think it'll tell you that they're going to give him a leash. Obviously, he was their first wide receiver you know, taken in a draft that they were supposedly you know, needy at wide receiver – even though they went out and got a bunch of guys. I do think that the talent versus Watson in absorbing around him, like the target market share, is definitely there for Sky Moore. But I do think the long-term value – I mean, Johnny, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say on this. I think you're very firmly in the Sky Moore camp here over Watson – I
2: wouldn't I would drop Watson way down. Uh, I I don't have Watson not even in the top 12 to be honest with you. Uh the reason being is sure like I get I get the whole you know he could be number 4 on that and he could be the next Michael. I get that, but I'm telling you what I watched on tape. Michael was a panic pick because the news came out that day about his, you know, child abuse uh or or domestic or that scandal and so it was a you know a a, a a pick that was like a panic pick hey this guy's fast he you know he could be the next tyreek you know like if if we need him to fill in like if if tyreek is suspended or whatnot when you look at sky more the, the, it's a different scenario. They had traded Tyreek a while ago, so they had a lot more uh, time to really process and, and really evaluate wide receivers. Then you look at the wide receiver that they did get in, in sky more. And this guy can run with the ball in his hands. That is what they want. They will scheme this guy open. So sure. He might be, you know, down that depth chart and, and initial uh, targets. I, I do. I'll give you that but I do think his talent and, and then he is tied with Pat Mahomes for at least the next 10 years or at least the next four years, you know, while he's, you know, in the league. Uh, but Pat is, you know, has a, a giant contract where when I'm looking at Aaron Rogers and here's what I'll give you. Let's say, let's say Aaron Rodgers does. We'll just say it as a confirmed fact, just for the sake of this argument, Aaron Rodgers is going to take uh, the four years uh, for his contract, right? You look at Devonte Adams, when he was, let's say, and that's the other thing that you're kind of in the scenario. You're saying, all right, uh, let's say Moore, you know, Moore has this downside where he could be a Mecole, right? But then you're saying Watson, like Watson could be an MBS. Watson could be uh, one of these equanimous, uh, you know, St. Browns where, you uh, he isn't pan up or, or yeah. the talent. Yeah. He's just a guy. And so what I will say is the problem, the biggest thing that solves it for me for more over this guy is the fact that if you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, let's say he does the four years, you look at what DeFonte Adams, who we all agree is a masterful, you know, best wide receiver right now. Devontae Adams was the very first two years in the, in, in the league. He was the wide receiver 76 and the wide receiver 66, those two years, For the the Green Bay Packers, they had Randall Cobb and they have Jordy Nelson. So you can say, well, they don't really have that right now. uh, So that would mean that he could step into this immediately sure maybe but they do have Randall Cobb still they do have alan Lazard and what we do know about Aaron Rodgers he loves these blue collar wide receivers that work on the shit that he asks them to work on he important. will give you yes and he will yeah, give but you he, and he likes wide receivers
0: that. that are talented too and Jordy Nelson and and, and DeVonte Adams so it's like you can't just say he only likes sure. the blue collar guys like so if, if Watson right. comes in and is metrically a god which we think he is and then fixes the drop problem with rogers because they work hard together and do it he has a path to more clearer target like a bigger target pie than sky Moore does period i mean travis kelsey still exists now i could buy over the long term so i guess that's the question right it's between if you think well, well yeah i know but like if you think eight years of sky more at a like, I, cause I think he's going to be, I think his ceiling is a lukewarm Tyreek kill. I don't think it's a full Tyreek kill. No. I think his, I think his ceiling is like a blend of what they use Tyreek and Kelsey for like this middle intermediate guy that like wins on routes. I don't think he's going to blow the top off a ton, but anyways, I, I think he's a blend. I think that Watson has huge upside in the first four years that maybe Moore doesn't have, and so I guess that's the the honest. I just, I, I think Watson is is the bigger mystery box. That's probably why I'm going with him. I love me some mystery boxes. I want to just highlight because we're
1: comparing Sky Moore and Christian Watson right now. If I look at some of these raw spark numbers from Player Profiler, I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking in terms of their percentiles. So, um, you know, the 40-yard dash time for Christian Watson, he ran a four three six. This puts him in the 96th percentile. Um, as where Sky Moore ran a 4-4-1, four, four, this puts him in the 90th percentile. Still really good, a little bit lower on this side, but I'm just going to read off the numbers, the percentiles here. Um, Christian Watson, 40-yard dash. 96th percentile, speed score 98th percentile, burst score, 95th percentile, catch radius 97th percentile. His lowest metric was agility score, 61st percentile. So 96, 98, 95, 97, 61. When I look at Sky Moore, 90th percentile, 40 yard dash, speed score 60th, burst score 50th, catch radius 22nd, 22nd percentile, agility score 26th percent. So When we look at Ross Sparks, Sky Moore is a distant second behind Christian Watson. Now, this isn't game speed. You know, this isn't actual football. But that is where the excitement and the mystery box appeal of the Christian Watson comes in, is this is like physically a dominant athlete. Now, he went to a small school and he had a lot of drops. But these these quantitative measurements of his speed and agility are off the chart. And they don't have an option that's contending with this over there in green Bay, you can make a case in Kansas city. They, they do have some competition there for sky And also it's, yeah. it's still, it's still Aaron Rodgers. Like he's got a good arm. It's not like he's going to, you know, like Ben Roethlisberger last year or something.
0: Yeah. I, I think I side with Watson, but it's a, it's like a hair. It's a, it's a slim margin that we, that we work with on that. So we uh, do have a majority. I know that Johnny is
1: strongly against
0: this, but yeah. it is a two thirds vote. Uh, are we going? And like to, track- to be fair, like I want to give credence to Johnny's. Like Johnny is a little bit contrarian and taking not taking Watson over Sky Moore or taking Sky Moore over Watson. But this is a round where you're taking w- like Watson has been landing around here. So yeah, I'm not. I, 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 I want to just. Me I just wanted to give personally. you, yeah, no, I, I feel that. And I wanted to give your credence to that take because yeah. I think it is a contrarian one that needs to be out there because Josh is coming in here. He says, also, I've done about 25 ish rookie drafts and London goes at one Oh two. And most of the time, I don't think I've seen him past one Oh five. I also agree a hundred percent that there's a drop off after Olave. that I, I love seeing yeah. that. Cause that was something I wanted us to talk about, you know, yesterday and on this show is that Drake London going so high and it's like, look, we looked at it, all the things considered. And we just like, All these players ahead of him, just based on that, and that's why these are important. So, I'm excited. I don't. I don't on the board here. I I I
2: like when you know other people make mistakes. So good. I'm glad he's why why up there because then that means a good player's falling
1: to me. So good. There we go. There we go. Yeah. All right. So now we're at the nine spot. Are we coming around now to Sky Moore? Does this make it a clean one? It was. A for me, it does. Big... I was
0: very close on Sky Moore ahead of you yeah. here. Yeah. So I, I would
1: take Sky Moore here. Yeah, I would go. This Skymore. is actually fucking hella exciting for Sky Moore coming into this role. Like, it is so fun about what he could be doing this year, next year, the year after. Uh, playing over there in kansas city i i am really stoked about that
0: pick. i see sky Moore being like a a souped up on a bet, much better more much more pass ho- heavy offense as like a tyler lockett for me i could see him being like a a tyler lockett and maybe even better than tyler lockett because he can did, get the intermediate stuff and soak up targets but again like tyler lockett never played in an offense like kansas city where they push the ball down the field so much so i, I do think Sky Moore has huge ceiling. Yeah, I
1: I would say I would be surprised if Sky Moore ended up having the production and highlights that are similar to Tyler Lockett, but like Tyler Lockett
0: kind of caught us off guard and surprised us. People are expecting Sky Moore to be a dude. Oh, I don't mean as like a prospect coming out. I meant as, as an established wide receiver, like his ceiling, you know what I mean? But yeah. mm -hmm. All right. So this is where it might even, if there was a tear break before, there might even be a bigger one here uh, or at least another cliff to talk about here. Um, as we have three more picks left. So now we're in the zone of like, are we taking guys with upside like James cook, like Rashad white? Are we taking wide receivers that we like that were good prospects, but maybe not the best landing spot.
1: So a quick, maybe just like a quick rundown on some of these players. If whisper nation isn't super familiar, James cook, Drafted by the Buffalo Bills, the brother of Dalvin Cook. Bit of an undersized prospect, a Andre Ellington comp by Pro Football Focus coming into the year. We think he's going to be their lead pass catching back for this year and years moving ahead. We're not sold on him being the early down back this year or ever. But this is the Buffalo Bills. They throw the ball a lot and he could at a ceiling be an Austin Eckler at a floor, he could be a Theo Riddick. Is that fair?
2: Yeah.
0: I think even right. like... uh
2: Ellington yeah, was like what a- he was comp to,
1: right? Andre
2: yeah. Ellington. Yeah, on player yeah,
0: profiler, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: S- S- George Pickens, wide receiver for the Steelers. We really like George Pickens. Really talented. Not a lot of holes in his game at all. The only concern is the other wide receivers over there in Pittsburgh. But we also see... Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers having multiple successful wide receivers, historically speaking, and Chase Claypool could move to that third spot on the depth chart. So Pickens and Pickens could keep climbing. Like, Johnny, what's your what's your take on Pickens really quick here? Because I know you love Deontay Johnson, but you're also a Pickens fan, too. Yeah, I really. I mean, I just like it's, you know,
2: trust in trust in the system, trust in the people that are making the pick when you when you see uh year after year they they're making the right moves. You know, Deontay, Juju, uh, y- you know, they A B. Like they just know how to draft wide receivers there. And so yeah. getting getting pick uh is I
1: I absolutely love it for him. So I think y- he's gonna be a stud. Yeah. Johan Dotson drafted by the Washington football team, the commandos, the commanders, excuse me, uh they are going to have him presumably line up opposite of Terry McLaurin. That is if Dotson can beat out Curtis Samuel. And Johnny and I were watching some Dotson film. We thought he actually did remind us of Curtis Samuel. Player profiler comps into Anquan Bolden. He uses his stiff arm a lot. He's not, He doesn't have burner speed. He's not insanely athletic. He's not lagging in those areas. But his game is more catch it. Be a pit bull. Throw some receivers off of you. Um, make some yards after the catch type of work. Is that right, Johnny?
2: Yeah, I think he's also, hes quicker. I think he's like one of those that's like quicker than you think or quicker mm-hmm. than the defender thinks, because uh, he did get a lot of like deep balls and deep posts. But yeah, he's got good hands. I just—I don't know. He gives me—he gives me some bad vibes, like some some Ragar vibes or like Denzel mm-hmm. Mims vibes. Like this guy should be good. He sh- touts well, but there there's something that's not going to quite work out the way. I
0: just don't know if I trust Wentz to like float McLaurin in the boost that we want and Thomas and yeah and go and get Dotson to be a guy so that that's why I'm fading Dotson a little bit more like yeah he's got the first round draft capital but he shouldn't have Mm. like that's the commanders just made a bad move I feel Mm -hmm. like you know like I just don't. they reached when you know Packers and Chiefs didn't reach they did so I just feel like for me I can't really just always follow the the you know, there's it's and the industry's split. He's a polarizing player. A lot of people like him, a lot of analytics people don't. I think he's got decent production, but again, Washington, are they a franchise we're trusting right now? <laughs> like, I know McLaurin's deal's coming up, they could just ship him off and Dotson be, you know, exo facto connect the dots to oh, the number one oh. But like I for me, I I really <laughs> like I, I really like some of these other guys and the upside they have. You know, like, yeah, Rashad right. White. We talked a little bit about Rashad White at the top, even though he's a loser for Austin based on having to wait out Fournette. And if Brady leaves, like that's not great. He also you might know, have the highest upside of any yeah, running back. Yeah, I just yeah, I would likewise,
1: that's where I would go. I he's would a great he's there. a great pass catching back, and it's a pass catching world. But he's not an undersized, exclusive pass catching role. Six right. two two ten with <laughs> wheels. Played well. Um, yeah, we're concerned a little bit about what Leonard Fournette could do, but Leonard Fournette could do what he usually does and gets hurt, and then Rashad White could step in and fill in that full role. Because we saw Leonard Fournette do exactly that, right? Giovanni Bernard got hurt, Ronald Jones was struggling and got a little banged up, and then Leonard Fournette just took it over and became that RB one. So that's a possible path for Rashad White that I'm not concerned with at all. Do we like Rashad White then? I'm hearing a lot of supportive no. comments. Johnny spoke with some enthusiasm. Who do we like in this one ten spot? Do we like Cook, Pickens, Dotson, White? My my vote is
0: White here. I just think like if if he's got a similar receiving prospect as James Cook, who we mm. you know we're fascinated. Yeah, with, mm-hmm. but he's a better overall back. Like he's he's you know so for me, I'm just like I'm that trumps. The offense that we think will last longer than the Bucks' pass. And Brady.
1: who are we concerned about volching touchdowns in Buffalo from the running back, Travis? Right.
0: Josh Allen.
1: And who are we not concerned yeah, about? Tom Brady, although back. Tom
0: Brady does sneak a little. Bit. I mean, but don't yeah. fucking put it past yeah. him, but we're yeah. gonna put it past yeah. him. You know, we're not right.
1: All right, so I feel that. I think I think we just logic into a lot of upside
0: for Rashad. I, I agree
1: White. with that. Okay, Johnny. Any do you, anybody else you'd like to consider taking at the ten spot?
0: Like, how, how high are you willing to take your boy Isaiah Spiller? I think it needs to be talked about here. What are you asking for a friend here? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just wondering, you know, wh- where you're going to take him because I don't see him, you know, this high. But I think if if you're, I mean, he's at around 17 in, in fantasy pros consensus ranking. So yeah. that's where you said you liked him too, right? Middle of the second. Yeah. I think if you
2: get him in the middle of the second, I like, if you're saying reach for your guy, like, you know, where would you, where would that be at for you? I, it would be, you know, that like two hundred two, two hundred three area would be where I'd be comfortable reaching for him. Uh, or like, or I guess anywhere on the second round, really. But I, I, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily take and spend if you only have like a first rounder, I don't feel that, that confident that he is going to be, that, that, you know, uh, yeah, that he's going to be, you know, like this world beater running back. I just think the opportunity. I liked what I saw on tape, and um, and that style of runner is what that uh, Chargers team could use. So I just like the the prospect as a and as a general and general. So I wouldn't overvalue though. I'm with I Rashad White
0: here. I think I think that's the call. What about yeah? You guys I would go White. I would go White. White it is. Then it's consensus. All right, we got Love. two picks left. We talked a little bit about some of the guys, Austin. Uh, but also guys that you guys took a look at last night. And I just I want to give you the floor here, Austin, and talk about Damian Pierce because that's a guy that's been rising up a lot of people's boards, talked he's in a lot of people's mouths right now in a good way. Damian Pierce had a not a huge sample size
1: in Florida, but there were comments that could have been connected to his coach who was let go early. And there could be a little bit of funny business surrounding Damian Pierce's workload on Florida's football team. With that said, that's just speculation. So he didn't get a ton mm-hmm. of opportunity. Maybe the coach was seeing it clearly. And that's why – and Damian Pierce just wasn't as good – as I'm hoping that he could be. But, and we're talking about the mystery box appeal, he's stepping into Houston. This is a bad team. They haven't done good things for running backs. They've had a big stable of them in the past. But I think Damian Pierce does stand a part of the Rex Burkheads, even David Johnson, anyone else they might want to bring in there. So there's a chance to get what could be a close to a bell cow back pretty early on for a team that's on the rise. Um There is still other run there's there's I I almost look at like between him and Rashad White, like Rashad White has more players ahead of him, but the whole team is a lot better. Uh, Damian Pierce has less good players ahead of him, but the team is a lot worse. So they might end up loading up against Damian Pierce. He might have a lot more focus from him on from the defensive coordinators looking at him um, where where Rashad White might be an afterthought because you've got so many other things to focus on. There's not a lot of playmakers in Houston. And um, I do like Damian Pierce, though. There's a pathway where Damian Pierce becomes a, a really valuable fantasy running back.
0: So to me, I think this spot is three players consider Damian Pierce. You made the profile for there. We talked about James Cook and his upside. We also talked Johnny put astutely like, you know, the, the, the pitfalls for Cook that he could see. And then we've got Pickens, right? I think Pickens is just a guy that would have been a first round talent had he not tore his ACL. And, you know, he's got a little bit of off the field stuff, but again, we love the vote of confidence by Pittsburgh taking him and Deontay Johnson's tr- contract coming up. They already have had kind of issues with Claypool. So you could easily see a path where Pickens is this team's number one within two to three years. So I guess that's the question, like, uh, which do we like more? We put in our show, in our pre-production show, we like to cook here mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of warming to the idea of Pickens ahead of cook after John yeah I almost threw stuff out too Pickens yeah. could be
1: a wide receiver one like a legit wide receiver one I love Deontay, but there is a world where pickens ends up proving to be the more physically superior wide receiver he could end up having a better chemistry with the guy who has basically the same last name as him they're both <laughs> rookies coming in this year and i'm i, I think i this is no comment on Deontay Johnson. I think he's very, very good. I've got him in a lot of best ball drafts. But George Pickens could, in two, three years, be their number one. And history has shown us having the number one wide receiver from Mike Tomlin's Pittsburgh Steelers is a nice position to hold.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with on um, Pickens here. I think, I think Johnny's rightfully talked me on to some of the concerns of Cook. I think that's the big thing. For are me. we, are we at Pickens? I, I, yeah. Pickens. Okay. It's consensus. Boom.
1: We've got one more pick, guys. James Cook, Naheim Dotson. David Bell, I got to throw out just a little bit of a note on him.
0: Yeah, he's um, high up in a lot of people's boards. So that's high I up on a
1: lot of people's boards, and we expect him and Deshaun Watson now to have a relationship for a long time over there in Cleveland. Yes, Amari Cooper is over there, but this is the third team now that Amari Cooper has played for. I'm I'm shocked. I think I was as shocked as, as the rest of the panel here to see how cheap... The the Browns were able to acquire uh, oh, yeah. Amari Cooper for
0: I, I'm just shaking my head at the Cowboys for that. I know you I, I think that's but,
1: and, I, and I think he's really good. But but the, also another another truth here is that this is the third team that Amari Cooper has played for. And he's always produced yet teams still keep moving on. So there's got to be something there. And then Cleveland goes out and acquires David Bell, who wasn't cheap. It just points to that. They they have hopes for him. And Deshaun Watson could be his quarterback for a long time. And it's nice to have Deshaun Watson's number one option.
0: Yeah. I'm just a little bit concerned with bell. Like there's a lot of, they've just, they still have some guys over there and I'm not saying bell can't be better than Donovan's people's Jones or like Anthony Schwartz or like some of these other guys on the roster. But I think it's, it's going to take a minute for that to happen. Um, and also like that offense isn't the most pass happy, you know, uh, with, with, with what they've been running. Maybe, maybe they will be now obviously Sean Watson's there that could change everything obviously. Um, I still think, me personally, I, I wanted you guys to talk a little bit about Alec Pierce because I think that's a guy that's like creeping up too. That is a guy that you know you guys looked at in, it extensively last night. You talked about at the top Johnny Matt Ryan going to the number two option. Does that bump him up enough here, or do we think because Bell can get down there or James Cook's upside outweighs this last pick of the first round?
1: I sort of second some of the comments Johnny made about Alec Pierce. This is an exciting name. Tall dude, like six foot four. He's fast. He's got really good vision for the ball. He's aggressive going for the ball. Um mm-hmm. I, I just it was it was tough to watch his film and not like anything that he brought to but the table. His hands were awesome. Like his yeah. hands and route
2: running looked very good. Um, like yeah, I, he, I he wouldn't mind taking yeah, I wouldn't mind taking Alec Pierce here. Um yeah, we were trying to we had a couple of other players. We like James Cook,
1: um, Dodson, Bell, um Pierce and Pierce. Yeah. Mm. So basically depending you on know your is reminding me
0: a lot of uh, Christian Watson here looking at some of the yeah, no, tricks it is. and like his size. The only thing would be like Matt Ryan for a couple years, Aaron Rodgers for a couple years. So I mean, uh, I get big Christian Watson vibes out of Alec Pierce as well, Travis. Yeah, I I can see that. Um, Kind of a stud dude. To me, I think I can't leave the first round. I can't have our last pick in the first round not be James Cook, unless you guys convince me otherwise. I'm with you on dropping him a little bit here, but I do think Cook's upside. Like, if Zach Moss goes away and Singletary gets hurt, I mean, I think, J- I think yeah, James, that, that would be, awesome. that was, I think you got what, my nipples firing up tomorrow, Travis, Eckler type upside. I think that's what
2: you're going to need in order for that to happen.
0: Yeah. But I think we're a year away from that happening naturally. Right. Like, like, I could think be. we might, we could be a year away from that again. Now I do agree that his floor is like a theoretic JD McKissick type complimentary pass catcher, but that's kind of the floor of, Everybody is a role player at this point, right? Like at at this tier break, everybody's a role player. So why not swing in that first round for something big? And that's I think good, you need I something
1: think, to happen, but if it happens, you got the best of the bunch that's left. Like, right. It, so like, like, like Damien Pierce, he's already in the best position that he right. can be in. And we're like, maybe like James yeah. Cook, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like James right. Cook, uh. the reason why we don't like him is these other things are in front of him. But it, goes Alec into, Pierce,
0: it's like, we love Alec Pierce as a prospect, but like right. Pip Pitt, or Pittman's good. Michael Pittman's a good dude. Like, right. Yeah. 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 I'm not saying like, he's a, he might be a good person. You kind of talked me into
1: this one, dude. It's like that. It's that thing where, Cook might not be good but he could be amazing.
0: And yeah. it's at the end of the first. I think yeah. that's kind of what you do there. Yeah. All right. And I like Pickens. Like Pickens would be the second one in that kind of slot even Pierce too, but they need things to happen too. Like Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Right.
1: And so if they all need something to happen and let's pretend all of those things that
0: needed to happen
1: happened for Pierce and Pickens and Cook, if it happened for all three, who are you taking?
0: Like Cook could he end could. up being like a top five back coming he into could. fantasy, you know, like, whereas yeah. I don't, I don't think Pierce's, path to a top five wide receiver exists. Dude, I
1: call James Cook. I call Vikings James Cook maybe. with Sean McCoy in terms of his shifty ability versus his top speed. I think they both came in weighing 199 pounds.
0: Well, and I, and I read somewhere that he came in a little heavier uh, on his unofficial, like weight that like he was a little oh, Cook did. Yeah. So. And if he works on, like I said, you could put 10 pounds of muscle on in the course of, right. A year. I mean, we were, we always, we always get our jollies off when like CMC comes in and he's more ripped the next year. So it's like, come on, like anything can happen here. Uh, but I, th- I think, yeah, I think James Cook's upside is is a really sweet way to close out the first round here. That's what we and that, that closes out the first round, closes out the show. We did it. Uh, big media episode here, but we had a lot to cover. I mean, we had big, big news coming out of the draft, and, and we wanted to get through this. So we appreciate you sticking with us, Whisper Nation. If you're new to the channel and you're just catching the end of this, go ahead and like and subscribe. Make sure you're uh, following us and part of Whisper Nation. Guys, we usually do a 60-second thing we didn't talk about. It. Anybody want to take the mic for the uh, last bit here? Get anything off their chest? Nah, man. No, we're good. All right. Well, then, for Johnny Game Time Hicks, Austin Sear, I'm Big Travi. We're the Fancy Whispers. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. You stuck through the whole TFW Live show. Congratulations.
2: Right. Big Travi could <laughs> well if you like what you saw make sure you hit subscribe if you want more videos from the fantasy whispers make sure you hit one of these videos